right. Well, what's this one? You'd be like the Rod Serling podcast. Oh, Jesus, I would love to. I hope I hope people I hope you all already do your Rod Serling impressions. No. I won't do it. I I can't do um, it. Um okay. about film school and life after film school today we're joined by kyra hubbard our boss and our dear friend from from film mm-hmm. school from new york yeah, university yeah. kyra do you want to introduce yourself yes i'm so excited to be here hi um i am having a total blank of what i've done the past five years of my life now so <laughs> just say your major and like yeah just no, don't make it like one of those like what is it? It's like a college party. <laughs> like and a fun fact about me would be that Can you tell us two truths and a lie, Kyra, please. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I genuinely don't know what to You were a CMS major like Moss. Yeah, yeah. We were in cinema and media studies and you were also yes, like meeting Moss. Yeah, actually Moss was probably the first person that I met at York. Oh yeah, that's true. And you were also one of the first people I met. I remember. Um, yeah, that's how that I remember works, your director like. hat. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. And you, rem- you remember my stupid red hat? It was yeah, <laughs> red hat guy. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, yeah, but iconic. and also you killed it on film sets too. You've been a fantastic yeah, I, um, AD, and yes, that's yeah. right. You're like production manager extraordinaire. Yeah, I would. Yeah, sure. We could say that. <laughs> Jesus. Have some confidence. Come on. <laughs> the imposter syndrome coming through. Yeah. What yeah, would, what would Carol Anna McBride say in this situation? She would send me a Comic Sans MS email. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Tell okay. me and then, myself. And then drag you for having a Hotmail account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But today, our dear listeners, is no ordinary uh, I went to film school episode. Today, we are counting down the top 10 underrated Christmas episodes, according to me. Um, <laughs> no, according to the podcast, the podcast will like stand by my answers, even if uh, Kyra and Moss aren't uh, on the same page, but we'll yeah, see. Sure. I, I, I'm comfortable calling them your top 10. Yeah, exactly. Your top 10, your top 10. I'm glad. Yeah, anyway, yeah, we'll, I we're going to get into that it. concession, I think. Uh, <laughs> so before we go into the top 10, though, I want to ask, uh, give brief answers. But um, so like, what is like Christmas in terms of like the traditions and whatnot, like mean to you two? Because like, unlike you two, mm. I'm Jewish. I don't even celebrate this shit. I just love Christmas music. I love mm-hmm. Christmas specials. I love Christmas movies. I think part of the reason I love it so much is because like, I never had anything like, it's not like I had to go to a Christmas dinner or I had to go to fucking church on Christmas day or like I ever had a Christmas tree. So it was kind of like fun to like be outside it, but still be able to like enjoy it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. tell me like, did you guys enjoy, do you guys enjoy Christmas? Do you guys like Christmas TV specials? Do you like this time of year? How are you hey. first? Oh yeah. No, I'm uh, completely a hundred percent obsessed with Christmas. Most <laughs> things to do with Christmas. I mean, I find some connotations behind it a little difficult. I went to Catholic school from grade two to 12. Yeah. So Oof. Christmas, yeah, Christmas gets shoved down your throat, but in, in a lot of different ways than you're used to seeing in Christmas specials. So I think that's like such a great thing about being able to watch those is that it gives you that different, like uplifting feeling instead of more of like the religious deep feeling. So you 
I have always the guilt that because yeah, that's what you get from <laughs> like your family going to mass on Christmas and doing all the Advent and stuff. So it's it was always it's nice to see a more funny side sometimes. Good Moss. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna agree with that. Like I think um, I, I especially as getting older. Um, I, I, especially in high school, I was like really bitter around Christmas time because I was like a really edgy, like this was like a period of time where I was like at my prime edgiest. I was like, Oh my God, guys, it's all a lie. It's all, it's all just money making around the holiday season. It's all just bottom lines and corporate. And, and I'm still like that, obviously, but I was going to say like, are you any different? <laughs> exactly. Like you. <laughs> it sounds like the moths I know, but I think like, especially over the, and especially this winter time as well. I'm becoming very sentimental just around like the kind of spirit of like generosity and, and being like a decent human being for like unconditionally. Like I feel like there doesn't necessarily, cause I also grew up in Catholic school, pretty much all my entire schooling experience up until university, as you said, Kyra, Christmas is just like, Oh, like here you go. Anyway, um, they, they, they are really into it and in ways that, yeah, like, like Zach, you mentioned, like, doesn't necessarily perpetuate guilt, but it's just like this, like this ritualistic process of like worship, which I'm not against. I'm just saying it was a little forced on a little bit, but it's a difficult time anyway. I'll just leave it at that. But yeah. I mean, of course this year feels even different, but Mm -hmm. I'm sure everyone Mm -hmm. else is having new feelings about Christmas this year, of course. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot. Moss, did you go to Catholic school as long as Kyra did? Well, I was in it from like junior kindergarten all the way to grade 12. Oh, so that's even longer than me. I didn't go till grade Jesus two. Christ, I forgot you both went to fucking Catholic school. And and to be fair, I, I, at least in my experience, I'm not totally bashing. I'm actually going to say I probably had a pretty good schooling experience. I mean, I got bullied, but like that wasn't the fault of like the institution specifically. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there, there's other things, but you know, uh, I actually didn't mind my time uh, there all that much aside from, aside from that, but yeah. Yeah, no, because um, once I got like, in, especially into high school, once you figure out how to like skip mass, wow. <laughs> <laughs> this should be, this should be like, the, this should be, should reach out of the podcast. I went to Catholic school. Like you just like yeah. Once you figure out which like which door that there is going to be available to you, where you can like beeline it out the door, then That's pretty fair. Really okay, yeah. Fun. So my experience is like very different. Like, <laughs> I mean, like okay. a, I'm Jewish. B, I never really went to a religious school like at all. Um, again, like throughout high school anyway, and a bit of university. Um, my main tradition was, and like this sounds like something out of a fucking sitcom, but like. Every Christmas, like at least in high school, me and all my Israeli friends would go get Chinese food, maybe, and go see a fucking movie. And it was usually whatever fucking blockbuster got released that fucking year. Remember you could go to movie theaters? Remember that, guys? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a tradition. tradition. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it changed because we have like, um, we have a lot of Christian friends and family friends. So, like, now for the past couple of years, my parents have dragged me every Christmas to like these friends we have up in Kitchener to go have dinner with them. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, sorry, just one last thing. I mean, I just wanted to say real quick, I, I had a point, but I lost it the last time I was saying it. Um, despite being like very like secular and edgy though, like the spirit of like togetherness and stuff is like really nice. And I feel like it's very wholesome. Like you can be like, you know, completely like secular 
and like still be like, yeah, I like Christmas or the holidays or whatever your policy is like. Oh yeah, completely. Cause now you find different ways once you, if like you find like the religious root isn't for you, you can, you find your own little Christmas meaning. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I saw star Wars oh. force awakens last Christmas when it was law, when it launched on that day. And my parents were just like, yep, we raised you Catholic, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's go see star Wars. Like, <laughs> So I mean, you know, and, uh, shout out to my girlfriend who just handed me a holiday latte that she ordered on Uber Eats, which also like, come on, holiday oh, nice. drinks at Starbucks or um, right. Where it's at? I've got the fireplace channel going. Oh, God right bless! Now, actually, get me into that. You know, I've always Christmas wanted to get. I've always wanted. I don't own any ugly Christmas sweaters, but there are ugly Christmas Hanukkah sweaters or ugly Hanukkah sweaters now you can get. Um, I've always wanted to get one from the Bay, but they're always like sixty bucks, and I can never convince myself to drop that much money. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So to get into this, because uh, um, we should start, I want to go over some criteria as to for you guys to know why I picked what I picked on this list, and for the like everybody at home listening to know why these why it's underrated Christmas specials specifically, and how like how these specials met the met the criteria to get on the top ten. So to begin with, um. Number one, this has to be of something that aired on TV at one point. We're not doing movies this year. We're doing TV. So all of these, all 10 that I picked um, aired on primetime at one point. I think the oldest is like the like 1980. Um, uh, so number two, like I said, it has to be something considered that we just considered underrated. So not a ton of people maybe have seen this Christmas episode. Um, maybe it's not something that like people think of when they think of Christmas specials. Like if we were just doing... If we were just doing top 10 TV Christmas specials, I can tell you right fucking now, my number one would be Charlie Brown Christmas. There is, I want to be, I want to be clear. I want to be fucking clear with everybody. There is nothing that beats <laughs> oh my God. Charlie Brown Christmas special. The original Charlie Brown Christmas from 1965. I will die on this hill. Anyway. You, you don't have to die. I mean, yeah, that, that's, a, that's okay, a good. I don't hear I know. any I'm just. I'm really passionate about it. Yeah, I've it's like a memorized opinion. the entire Christmas I mean, special. I'm pretty sure, Kyra, do you remember? And I wouldn't. I would not call it underrated. No, it's not underrated at all. Like it's like so. That's why it's nowhere on the list. Um, another one we're not putting on the list. We're giving a few shout outs. Um, we were talking. Moss and I were talking about this earlier. The Seinfeld Christmas special with Festivus. It's not underrated at all because Seinfeld has this huge cult following. The Festivus episode has a few huge cult following. If you go and buy like a recent complete series of Seinfeld, it comes with a Festivus poll. Harry, did you ever see the Festivus episode? Okay. No, I I don't really watch Seinfeld. I know you. I well, you, you should. Seinfeld. Anyway, um, <laughs> I have other things here. Uh, um. Oh, another thing is, um, so going through this list, you'll notice that some of these are like Christmas episodes of an ongoing TV series. Like they were just like an episode that happens to be about Christmas, which I consider a Christmas special. Other ones mm-hmm. of these, and well, when we get, I'll name them when we get into specifics, um, are not part of a continuous TV special. They are part of, they were just made like spontaneously. Kyra, you know which one, one of those I'm talking about. And another one, it's, I think it's only a couple on my list. Most of them are just Christmas episodes of ongoing TV series. So it's a mixed bag. So in that sense, like I'm being kind of general. Um, that's about all I have to lay out for criteria. So although it's been said many times, Although it's been done many times, many ways, let's look at our top 10 underrated TV Christmas episodes. My number 10 is... Y'all ready for this shit? <laughs> it is uh, 
The Twilight Zone episode, Night of the Meek, season two, episode 11. Christmas is another thing finer than that. Richer, finer, truer. And it should come with patience and love. Charity, compassion. That's what I would have told her. Uh, This was written by Rod Serling. You know, shit. Uh, directed by Jack Smite. Okay, so wait, wait, is s- this ten? Is like we're doing our just- top ten works is like number ten is the bottom of the list. Number one will be the like the absolute creme de la creme of the list. Okay, I'm surprised you put down it, like ten, nine, eight. Surprised you put it so low. I really like really? it. Okay, yeah, let me, me too. Really? Okay, fine. Um, before we get into this, I want to. I gotta explain. I have to give a. Br- I'm gonna give a brief plot overview to the audience because I'm assuming no one's fucking seen this Twilight Zone episode. Um, uh, this is like Twilight Zones. At least in the, this is the original series Twilight Zone. This aired in like 1960. Okay. Um, there's no other. I don't think there's any other Twilight Zone original series Christmas episode. It's called Night of the Meek. It's about this guy named. Uh, what the fuck is his name? Uh, I can't remember. I think it's Henry or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is this mall Santa. He's an alcoholic. Uh, he loses his job. It's like super, uh, it's kind of a bummer at the beginning, like with how sad he is, but like he's sad, but he genuinely wants to like, he wants good things to happen to the people who need it. Like when the, when, when he's fired at first, he gives this big drunken speech and he's like, I want to see the meek inherit the earth and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, he wanders out into like the desolate cold. This is all on Christmas night. Um, and he finds what looks like a bag of trash. And it turns out to be this magical, this magical bag where you ask it for something. It gives it to you. He starts going to all his homeless friends and poor friends and starts giving them whatever he asks for. Um, and I'm going to just spoil the ending. I don't care. At the end of it, uh, at midnight, when it's like officially not Christmas anymore, the bag is empty. And someone says like, you didn't you're like, there's nothing for you there. And he's like, Oh, I just wish I could do this like every year and every year, keep giving stuff to people. And then he gets his wish. And he becomes the real Santa Claus. And that's the end of the episode. Um, so to start off, uh, you know what, actually, what did you guys think of this? And why are you guys so surprised? This is so low on my list. Kyra, go start off. This is like definitely in my top five for sure. Real okay. Tell us absolutely. Why. As as far as Christmas specials go, this hits the nail on the head. I think it's abs- It's more like especially in more of a it's a wonderful life kind of way. Like it gives you that classic and invokes that feeling. It's wholesome. You have Santa and a magic sleigh and a magic bag. You have a guy who genuinely wants to do good things for people and doesn't expect anything back and has no malice in his heart. I don't know. I find it to be like like the the epitome of what a Christmas special is. Huh. Okay, Moss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would completely second that. Like that's it's so good. It's um I love the fact that like the voice actor for Winnie the Pooh is the boss <laughs> and he tells him off and That's like, right. and, um, and there's, there's so many, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of like, like as Kyra was saying, like wholesome things to it, to where like, you know, he's giving like toys to the kids and stuff. And that like last little scene where he talks to that guy who he got a jacket and gloves from and just kind of like, he, it's just, you can tell that there's something so 
uniquely nice about what's going like kindness is kind of being like expressed through this film or I guess not film it's a video but you know it's like this ah yeah it's exactly right it's just like the perfect Christmas special it just like everything that you kind of want Christmas to mean is there it's nice okay yeah, see, another thing, see, well, like, I just, I still put this on my list because I think it's, like, I still think it's a great fucking Christmas special. Um, I think in the end, I just thought the other ones were better. We'll get into, like, where everything is. Um, uh, what I, I'm going to talk about what I loved about this, and there are some things I, there are some things I didn't like, but not much. Um, I liked the melancholic opening. Uh, this is going to be a big, a big thing for me is that I love Christmas specials and Christmas stories that will focus just as, just as much on how this can be a very sad time of year for people, just as much as it can be like a happy time of year for others. Like for the person with the big family, you have to see all their extended family, you know, in normal circumstances, I'm not, not pandemics wise. Um, this is super happy, but for the person who's like, you know, alone or whatever it's like a shitty time of year and there's an i think it's an urban myth i don't think it's true but like you know suicide rates well, go up found, around christmas yeah i found honestly all of these specials to be in some way dark and depressing that, okay that's probably it. that's probably all that's probably just because <laughs> i picked them <laughs> i think absolutely i think that's one of the first things i noticed when going through them was it, was, it yeah. did it did have that element to them mm-hmm. yeah and I, i'll stand by that i think that like the i think the best christmas will focus just as much on the happy as they will the sad because like they're not like although they're opposites and i'm making like air quotes i think they go just as much side by side like as like they go they're very much like one and the same anyway mm-hmm. and that's um, what kind of oh sorry no, no, no go ahead moss i was and that's what makes like a christmas special really good like the truly great ones are the ones that know how to show you like tragedy being like remedied through this like kind of communal wholesome like give love you holiday know, spirit be merry. yeah yeah exactly I love it. Yeah, exactly. I also love how this was like bad Santa meets Twilight Zone. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I like. That's true. Like, I never thought of that. For those like, who have seen find bad me a Santa, male, like find me a mall Santa that's not an alcoholic. Kyra, <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the movie Bad Santa? No. Okay, like see the movie like, Bad Santa. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, Bad Santa! What a movie. Anyway, um, <laughs> see, and uh, so I like that. I think I put it low on my list because. I feel like more could have happened in the episode. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like he could have found the bag a little bit earlier and some more could have happened. More I also happened. He goes from like literally working like a part-time seasonal job as a mall Santa and a mall to literally Santa Claus. And you're like, eh, okay. Like, <laughs> hear me out. Another thing. And this is just it's barely a step. Fuck off. <laughs> Fine. But another thing, and maybe this is just personally my taste. You know, I my favorite scene is like Moss that you just brought up. He's on the steps with the guy, and the guy's like, Oh, there's nothing there for you. And he's like, you know, I just want to do this every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of just wish it had immediately ended after he walks up to the sleigh and like we didn't have to see him. We didn't have to see because there's that that little button at the end where it's the cop and the mall and the mall worker who is the one of the, the one of the Pooh voice guy and they're walking home and they're like, Oh, you see that up there? And he's like, Oh, you're just drunk. And then they, and they walk away and then it's Rod Sterling being like, all right guys, what do we learn today? I can't do a Rod Sterling impression, but um, no one Moss, can. can you do a Rod Sterling impression? So what did we learn today? Was it perhaps, I can't really do it without it sounding like the future. Of- that was good. But it That's sounds well, did you, Yes. Did you well, know thanks. that Rod Sterling's birthday is Christmas day? <sighs> 
Really? Rod Sterling died that. for our sins? Is that what you're saying? Well, <laughs> what I'm saying is, yes. <laughs> um, that's interesting. I never knew that. Yeah, his birthday is December 25th. Hmm. Another, so this okay, was another, for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is all for you, Ron. going to like beat... <laughs> yeah, I just I know it's a it's an audio medium, not a visual medium, but I just beat my chest into the peace sign for Rob Sterling. Uh anyway, but I know a little fun fact about this episode. Um uh so I know I I I I talked to Moss about this earlier, so I know in the version you guys watch, Rod Sterling does his little like outro um narration and it mm-hmm. ends it just ends with him like summing up the episode or whatever the hell. Um but in the original version, in the version I watched, because I have I have the complete series of Twilight Zone DVD, so they have original broadcast versions of the ones that differ. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Kyra making oh. a fucking face at me. <laughs> <You do. laughs> anyway, but in the original version of the broadcast, uh, it ends with um, Broad Sterling being like, and a Merry Christmas to all. And then it fades out. Apparently broadcasters, when they started rebroadcasting these in the 80s, went out of their fucking way to take out his thing, him saying Merry Christmas because he doesn't say Happy Holidays, which like in some ways I get because it's a bit exclusive. It's a bit like exclusive, but I'm also like, this is a Christmas special. Like, there's no mention of any other or acknowledgement of another religion in this fucking 1960 Christmas episode. If Rod Sterling wants to say Merry Christmas, just fucking let him. I guess. I, Why I, doesn't he just say Happy Birthday? <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, birthday, Jesus. Happy birthday, Rod Serling. Happy birthday, Rod Serling. I mean, the, <laughs> I, 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 I do. So I kind of partially agree with your point that you made about like, you kind of wish that it ended before we kind of, cause it's true. Like the cop and the, and the, and the, I guess like the, the boss the of that manager. one. Yeah. Or, or whoever that was like, I kind of don't like, I mean, this is going to sound bad. I don't like them being happy. That sounds bad, but you know what I mean? Where like, They've been setting us up that they're like, oh yeah, these these guys are like not the the good guys of this story. But then, like, what's almost ambitious but isn't about that it? The point of Christmas, yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. Like, th- th- what's ambitious about it is that it's kind of saying like, yeah, but but fuck you, Christmas. Like, like love each other. Like, it doesn't matter. Let, let let everyone be happy. They're all people. It's like all right, that's all fair. Right. Yeah, like Fine let's lay arms and drink sherry. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Also, yeah. like, I'm pretty sure like those two had a little something going on. <laughs> the way they're walking they're walking home together and i'm pretty sure he invites yeah. the cop in yeah he's like hey let's go back to my place can yeah. my phone finish the cherry bottle like it's like man you sound a lot like tigger you know the character tigger <laughs> <laughs> he's, just, he's just like oh really i do sorry no i was i was trying to do winnie the pooh and then it like came up just it just i know that that actor he was also in 12 angry men he's the voice actor for like Tigger and Winnie the Pooh for a long time. <laughs> it's great, Moss. I love how you love this actor so much, but you don't know his fucking name. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, or what's his, his name, Moss? Huh? Or, or yeah, or his voice at all? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Just I recognize the face. Anyway, whatever. Okay, um, great point. That is a good point because, like, yeah, you don't want to see him be happy, but like Kara said, that's the point of Christmas. Everyone has to be like be happy. And he gives. Um, he gives to even these people who are trying to. What take does he him give down. the cop? Because he gives the mall manager that ball. He gives, of he gives them the sense of magic. They give them this the sense of Santa. Like these yeah, two that's people true. kind of get to like live in that happy little holiday spirit for a second, and then they see a sleigh, and they're all still all giddy and happy. Yeah, hmm. uh, I'll also say um, I didn't get this until after I rewatched it a couple times, but like 
at first okay so at first he's like oh I, I wish i could like at the end of, he's like looking at the bag he's like i wish i could do this every year then he walks over and he sees the sleigh waiting for him and an elf who's like yeah we've been waiting for you santa let's go i thought that meant at first i thought oh the twist was he was santa the whole time and then i realized upon a reading a wikipedia summary and b watching this again that no the bag has granted him his last wish his only wish was to do this every year and this and the bag Aww. made him christmas made him santa claus that's cuter than what I thought it was. I thought it what was. What did like, you think you know, it like, was? You know, like the Santa Claus when he's like contractually obligated to be Santa. So literally the Tim Allen movie like, Santa yeah, Claus. And he like takes on the mantle because it was like passed down kind of thing. That yeah. was probably the first thought I had. It was like, oh, this person's being like the next Santa. He was like given the. No, he yeah, I the test I, again. Yeah, he okay, that's the fair. Test. Yeah, that's but fair. I get that more. I get like the bag thing more i literally only got that because wikipedia spells it out for you mm. thanks huh. wikipedia uh, i love how like kara thought this was like a santa claus monarchy well it's, you know, just <laughs> like, like, like as like, an example a bunch of old men inbreeding in the north pole and it just exactly. keeps getting past like the it's tall like if, the, if the vatican were santa clauses <laughs> Ew. Ew. Oh, there's, a, there's, our, <laughs> there's, our, there's our episode title Oh my god. <laughs> Ew. Oh. Sorry. I will say it's also kind of interesting that this is one of the very few of these specials that depict a Santa. Hmm. That's that true, actually. Like a Santa figure or like. Yeah, in the rest of my specials, Santa. Santa isn't a character really in the yeah. rest of these. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else we want to submit? Oh, I will. I want to ask you some, Kyra. After hmm. watching, because like, have you really watched much original Twilight Zone? No, I haven't. Surprisingly. Does watching this Christmas special, does it make you want to like maybe check out other episodes or not really? Well, yeah, but I think it's kind of, like it's kind of tough to say because it's always been in point of interest and I've seen That's episodes fair. before. So it might seem a little yeah. but like definitely it gives you that like, oh, is that little interesting twist that you want to yeah. divulge. I will also say that this is this specific episode is very not like other Twilight Zone episodes mm. in the sense that like. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Well, yeah, other Twilight episodes get way darker. It's about like horrible. It's more horrible shit happening. Most of them don't have happy endings like this. Moss, is there anything else you want to conclude about this before we move on? Um, not really. I I just really um, I really liked in a certain sense, like the the even like uh the the bag that kind of just gives exactly what you want kind of element introduced because like usually the Twilight Zone like like they explain in the beginning where it's like, yeah, and there's going to be like a little thing that can only happen in the twilight zone. And you're like, Oh, okay. So what is that thing? And for a while, like in this, it's just this like depressor of an intro and you're like waiting for it. And the bag is almost so like kind of not important to the story. It really does become like, you know, it's just the, the next event that happens in this journey of this man becoming Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And um Yeah. Yeah, it's really nice. It's just a nice. Yeah, the bag just becomes like a superpower of a superhero, almost kind of. Yeah, like that's vibe. True. Like it just kind of like aids the the character. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have one more question before we move on. Kyra, if you if you made a top ten of these ten that we've watched, and where what number exactly do you think you put Night of the Meek? I want you to write it down too. I want to keep track of these. Two. <laughs> really, you put it at number two. Yeah, Moss, would you do that? Would you agree? Um, yeah, actually, I'd probably say like three, but yeah, three or two, I probably, I really, I I really loved it. I thought that the only reason it was, it was magical. I hadn't seen this before. So the reason that I thought that you were, 
putting it like I thought this would be your like number one or number two because I just love like the no. those those great speeches that he gives even if they're like drunken rants they're just really really great and yeah they're still great evocative uh, I think I'm not gonna like spoil it but I think if you two really have paid attention to what I've ranted about over the past few years you know my number one that's all I'm gonna say we're gonna move on okay all right okay. so oh, okay. So, so, so this is a uh, test of our friendship apparently now we have no i'm not like i'm not gonna really be pissed if you don't me. know my i'm not gonna be pissed if you don't know my number one i'm just saying like my number one's kind of Man, predictable I, for those i barely know my number one that's yeah. fire okay fine um i'm not i get i'm not gonna be angry if you guys don't guess it i don't care okay <laughs> okay what's your okay let's go okay next. so Number nine, our number nine of the top 10 underrated Christmas episodes is the Everybody Hates Chris episode um, everybody, called Everybody Hates Christmas. Well, what's all this stuff? I got it from my teacher. She thinks that we're underprivileged and starving. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. I'm not going to have them people thinking that we don't have anything to eat. She wasn't too proud to take those olives. Where are you going? I'm taking this to put some more food in it because you're taking this back to school tomorrow. My mother was so upset about people thinking we needed charity. She almost forgot she felt uh, guilty about is, not getting me, uh, a gift. Yeah, we're, we're it's season one, episode 11 of Everybody Hates Chris. It was written by um, Ali Leroy and it was directed by uh, Denny Gordon. Okay, so uh, to give a brief overview of this Everybody Hates Chris episode. Um, and I'm going to like butcher the names other than Chris. Uh, Chris's parents uh, can't afford, have to get a new water heater. So they can't afford to get Chris what he wants for Christmas. And it's like a Walkman, but they've already bought like his other two siblings. Uh, is Chris the oldest child? Chris is the oldest. Yeah. Isn't yeah. He? Mm-hmm. So they've already bought their two younger kids. They've already bought all their gifts. So they're getting what they want. It's literally just Chris. You cannot get a Walkman for Christmas. Um, and there's also a really funny B story where Chris's, Chris's very white teacher thinks that he's poor, like, and just won't stop giving him like the class donations and insinuating this and takes it really far. And it was a pretty funny B story. Um, yeah, that's pretty well, we'll get into the ending later, but what I will, what I will say about this ending is that it doesn't end with Chris getting the Walkman. It doesn't end with somebody giving him a Walkman. Uh, he just does not get this fucking gift in the end, which is one of the reasons I really love this as a Christmas episode. Okay, mm-hmm. so Kyron Moss, like, would you? Are you surprised this is so low on my list at number nine, or would you put it higher? I think so. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. So, is it like your top five, or mm-hmm. I would it's my top five? I'd call it five. Okay. So you're gonna call this number five. I, I, Moss? I, I like. I, yeah, I'm happy at five. This is yeah my number four maybe number th- maybe number three if I'm putting Night at the Meek at it's two exactly but this what happened with Braden where as I work my way all my bottom five are gonna be in your top five all my yeah. top five are gonna be the reverse I can't wait for this okay <laughs> that's the spirit of it you know that's the spirit of the discourse um, <laughs> disagreement okay, so, and agreement synthesis and ca- sorry go on <laughs> let's start with like what did you guys Kyra starting with you what did you like about this everybody hates Chris episode. Uh, Terry Crews. No, I'm kidding. Um, but literally Terry Crews. He's a fucking gem. Oh, God. I love Terry Crews. I don't know. I found I found that this was actually one of the ones that wasn't really as dark as all of the other ones. <clears throat> yeah, that's fair. Like, we didn't have like some like tragic trauma backstory to one of our characters. We weren't dealing with something completely depressing. It was just kind of like, oh, this is like everyday life. This is like families 
it's like a classic wholesome family unit dealing with like a, a crappy Christmas. So I felt like it was nice to watch on that kind of perspective. I felt it gave a good Christmas vibe. Um, I felt it had a lot of common things with other of the Christmas specials. Like we always seem to come back to this, like exposing Santa Claus thing. Yeah. A few that's of like, the specials. Mm-hmm. So I think like that was like a nice touch. It just, it just felt like a good one. Okay. Moss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially agreeing with that, like last little, uh, I was talking to Zach earlier about it. It was like in this and then in another episode, uh, or another Christmas special, there's another, uh, there's a, you know, kind of a, a lot of jokes about like telling little kids that Santa doesn't exist. A lot. There's yeah. A, yeah there's, a lot like, there's like a certain like bizarre cruelty to why it's so funny. Like I just find it really funny. And it's like in both of the situations <laughs> where it happens and it's like, Oh, okay. Well, I don't know why I find that funny, but um, as well. Um, like, wait, wait, when, how did you get exposed? Like, how did you find out? Like, as Are you talking about like how Moss found out? Yeah. Okay, oh. yeah, Moss, how did you, was there a big uh, moment or did you just grow up? I don't up? even remember. I think just one year, like, my parents were like, I mean, yeah. And then they were, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I, I honestly don't even, I I don't even remember really the moment, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. Kyra, was there a big moment for you? Yeah, kind of. I will never forget. I was sitting in the car with my uncle and we were driving somewhere and he said something and then turned to me and he's like, but you know, like Santa's not real, right? And I'm like, eight, seven, eight years old. I'm sitting in the passenger seat and I'm just like, no, I, no. yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Trying to keep it together. Yeah, like sitting there, like your lip quivering and you're like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I knew that. It's not. <laughs> Uh, I will say this. Um, I don't know if I ever told you guys this, but like, despite the fact that like, like as a kid, like I didn't celebrate Christmas. Like we didn't have Christmas decorations. We didn't have a Christmas tree. We lit the candles at Hanukkah. But as like a kindergartner and maybe in like first and second grade, I genuinely believed in Santa Claus. Yeah, of course. Like I, my parents, my parents entertained this to the point where like the one Christmas thing we do is that we would put out milk and cookies on Christmas Eve. And then my dad would come down and eat some of them and like, you know, the milk would be gone or whatever the hell. But like, I like, I was like a firm believer. I can't, I don't really have a moment where I would have looked at this epiphany. I think I just grew out of it around third or fourth grade or something. And I just thought it was something fun to believe in or, or I just, I realized it wasn't real, but it's like a fun thing. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So like Moss, I don't really have an interesting story like you do, Kyra. Well, I feel like I found that too. Like, I feel like I believed a little bit longer than I probably should have because like in the everybody hates Chris episode. She was like, well, how do they know what I want? I haven't even written my letter. And that's genuinely what I believe because I would watch, because what we would do is I would write it out and my mom would put it in the fireplace. And the tradition was, is that it would like all the embers would like go up to the North pole and the the letter would go back together. I don't know. So they burn, so she'd burn your letter in front of you. In front of me. She'd be like, but don't worry, Santa knows. Exactly. And I'm sure, I'm sure we will talk about weird family traditions around Christmas from some of these specials. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's what my tradition was. So when I got stuff that I wanted, I was like, there's no way that Santa's not real. I literally watched my <laughs> letter burn in front of me. <laughs> that's, I love that. That's like a good, that's like a good, like wholesome, like, I know I just made fun of it, but like, that's also like not a bad wholesome thing to say that the magical embers will find Santa. Yeah, like the pieces like, of the letter will like float yeah. up in the sky. 
Yeah, like following. Probably because like, she just ma- didn't want to take me to a post office. <laughs> 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 or pay for the dollar stamp. Like, so yeah, just chuck it in the fireplace. Yeah, Santa will get it. <laughs> <laughs> but like following like Santa Claus magic logic. That's like following that logical train mm-hmm. that does that's not like that doesn't sound too far-fetched especially to a kid who believes you know what i mean yeah exactly so it it's like nice. sweet that's like nice that she gave you like a little thing to believe in as a kid yeah, um so going back to this yeah going back to this christmas special what i loved first off if we're talking about underrated christmas specials and underrated shows in general i think everybody hates chris has like been dealt a horrible hand it only ran for i think five or six seasons yeah. I don't really hear a lot of people talking about it today. I mean, Chris Rock still has a big career. Um, oh, yeah. Because he's fucking hilarious. But um, I think this show, like, like I would love to see a revival of this show or, like, Chris Rock. You know what I mean? Like, I would love to see something, like, more happen or if we could get a few more seasons. Because, like, I thought Everybody Hates Chris. I remember watching it, like, on YTV as a kid in the reruns yeah. or whatever. And I always found it hilarious. I still found, like, when I was trying to look for Christmas specials, I saw this, and I really enjoyed the episode. Uh, what I really like is, like, going back to, like, a bit of the melancholicness. And this is probably, like, the least the least sad or the least... The episode that has the least sad elements of all the top ten I chose. Mm-hmm. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, like, you just said that, Kara. Yes and no. I mean, there... I, I, could, I could probably think of a few that... But. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, we'll get into it. Anyway, but, like, I like that it was about a family that, like, couldn't afford something. Like, you don't really, like, I can't, like, maybe nowadays it's more common, but, like, I haven't really seen a lot of Christmas specials, especially in the early 2000s when, like, you know what I mean? Like, we didn't focus on that enough, like, a lot. Um, It was just, like, like, I've, like, I've never really been in, like, that situation necessarily. Actually, kind of, but, like, it, like, it was a refreshing story to see that, like, yeah, like, someone can't get something, but, like, that doesn't mean, like, you can't necessarily enjoy Christmas, and that doesn't, like, negate the holiday at all for this family. Like, they're still a sold family unit. Yeah, they're and, definitely the most, like, functional family out of any of these specials. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, very, that's very true. They are the most wholesome, like, actual happy family unit out of any of these, so. Yeah, and I chose I chose some pretty bad families. Yeah, mm-hmm. and some pretty uh, yeah. We'll we'll get. I think as we go down the list, they get sadder and sadder, and they're in their sad <laughs> elements. But uh, this was like pretty lighthearted. Um, I liked again. I really when I when I re when I rewatched this for um for this countdown, I had like very little memory of this episode. I'm not sure if I'd even seen it. Uh, so I kept expecting Chris to get the fucking Walkman by the end of it. Because, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, for those who don't know, Everybody Hates Chris takes place in, like, the late 80s or something. Or the yeah, this one's, like, 82. Yeah, so it's the 80s. Because it's supposed to be mildly based on where Chris Rock grew up. Mm-hmm. But apparently it's, like, a little different. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I kept expecting, like, the teacher to give it to him, give him a Walkman or something. Or his friend to give him his Walkman or an old Walkman or something like that. But uh, no, he just didn't get it in the end. And I'm like, good. I'm glad this like stuck to their, this episode stuck to its fucking guns. Like sometimes you just don't get the gift you want and like sucks, but like that's life. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. I guess we, yeah. we kind of, we, we also see that a lot through this, these specials. That's fair. <laughs> but like, and I'm just talking about in the grand scheme of all Christmas specials, it's not something you necessarily see a ton. Mm-hmm. Not getting the mm-hmm. gift. It's yeah. like, it's, it's great because, because Chris, like especially everybody hates Chris. That's a show about like times when it's okay to complain that you're getting like dealt an unjust hand, but it also kind of really makes you, I don't know. It's like, it's like a weird show in like character growth for Chris, like just the crap that he has to deal with. That's like 
played for jokes and also like it's also chris like chris rock literally in real life making like over exaggerating like how awful his childhood was and yada yada but still if you even get rid of that that show is like it's a really great way of like i don't know like especially this episode they really do um make you like feel like actually yeah you can you can not get what you want and through understanding not getting what you want you value what you need more like you he he learns to value his like i, I love the part where he gets a calendar and he like you know he yeah. tries to like <laughs> kind of say like look it's actually pretty He's useful like, like, yeah it's exactly what i wanted and just yeah. like i i really like chris's character honestly mm-hmm. He's just chris like, is hilarious yeah exactly and he's just i found it to be yeah who's adorable who's so lighthearted especially his friend giving him the little cassette Oh, that was so cute. Oh, yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, there's a scene, for those of you who haven't seen, there's a scene where his friend gives him a cassette for, like, when he eventually will get a Walkman. Mm-hmm. Which I think, yeah, it was a very sweet move. I also, going on, like, what you said, loving Chris's character, I love Chris's character because, although, A, it's a show called Everybody Hates Chris, and B, like, every time they cut to commercial, there's, like, a little jingle that says, like, Everybody Hates Chris. And it's really catchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and C, like, genuinely like like pretty shitty things happen to him like when they when they <laughs> sing that like some shitty stuff happening to him. outside of just not getting this gift it's like him getting in trouble or something he didn't do or whatever but uh i love it because chris well chris isn't like a pocket of sunshine he's like also not a negative fucking scrooge mm-hmm. like, like myself um he's like genuinely like yeah like this is life but like whatever i'm alive i'm doing shit so it's okay Mm-hmm. He's also the oldest, and I relate heavily, <laughs> yeah. especially in the context of this episode when you have to when it sucks being the oldest sometimes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, rolling and, with the uh, punches. Uh, it's the theme. Sorry. Yeah, it's it. Thanks, Moss. That's the theme of everybody hates Chris. But but it really is. I mean, you know, it's just it's good stuff. It is. It's a. Uh, again, I will say it again. Like this show, I don't think got dealt a fair hand. It's like a very like. It's a solid show. One day I will, uh, I will, I will, I will sit down and like go through the whole series. I've only seen like a handful of episodes here and there, but everything I've seen, I have liked. Oh, it's it's an amazing show. It's like one of my favorite Terry comedy Cruz shows. Was yeah, I also forgot until I rewatched this that Terry Crews was the dad. Oh hmm. really? I think that's probably like my first early memories of Terry Crews or what is watching. Everybody hates Crews. Really? Well, Same because here. for me, like when I when I was a kid watching TV shows, actors didn't mean anything to me. Like they were just like faces in these things. I don't know. I didn't, it wasn't until only when I was like 12 or 13, did I start recognizing when I would start watching TV shows like, Oh, like he was so-and-so and something else, or, or he was the dad in this other show or, or Brian Cranston was fucking the dad in Malcolm in the middle. You know what I mean? Like that's when I started making those connections and really piecing that together. But as a kid, like eight or nine, like I'd you'd be fucking like anybody. I don't, I don't fuck. I could run into Johnny Depp in a mall and I wouldn't have known. Like, Interesting. Yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I love everybody hits Chris. Uh, you, you've always you always just wanna... thought like actors are just puppets. Like they're just in the way. Yeah, they're yeah. there to be like, I mean, they're there to yeah. read their lines. They're there to act. They're cat dolls. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> actors are nothing. They're the least, Im- they're the least important part of filmmaking and they get the most credit. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna they're say not, it. They're I'm not sorry. The I have a beef with actors. Also, yeah. yeah, I mean, like another thing that was good about this was the soundtrack of this episode was really fun. It was yeah. like some nice, like classic '80s 
Christmas music. Like they had like the Jackson Five going on in the background. I don't know. It was just very like lively and had all that fun Christmas music, which I think helped yeah. it get so high up on my list. Um, That's fair. That that Christmassy feeling. What I also will say is that it's funny because like this is a TV show that takes place in the 80s before it was like the cool and hip TV show thing to do before Stranger Things where every TV show is like, oh yeah, it takes place in the 80s, by the way. (laughs) You know what I mean? It it actually, yeah, it was uh, it was very early in its approach to kind of like, cause it, at that point, like, yeah, eighties wasn't as fetishized and as sold as much as it is now with like even wonder woman 84 or like the kind of current, like music trends that we hearing with like synth and stuff. Now it's like stranger things. Yeah. 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 Well, I also, cause all, yeah, like you just said that most, but also like, I like that you could watch it and it doesn't shove the fact it takes place in the eighties down your fucking throat. Mm-hmm. Like they'll mm-hmm. have the music in the background. He wants a Walkman, which obviously no one would ask for today. Yeah. But other than that, his friend Greg's getting like Stranger Things vision. bringing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not like constantly walking by movie theaters and seeing that like fucking like Gremlins Two is in theaters or some crap <laughs> or the original. I don't remember when the original Gremlins yeah, came I know out. Exactly but what you, mean. you know what I'm saying? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, guys, anyway. we're gonna go to see a movie. It's called ET. Like yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know this shit. Y'all. No ET. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, any, any final thoughts before we move on to the next one? My number eight no, for my no. top ten underrated Christmas be- Christmas episodes is the episode of Taxi called Full House for Christmas. This is season one, episode thirteen. I want to tell you something. This is just between you and me. <laughs> the winters have been getting really hard on Ma. She freezes up on me, you know? (laughs) And she needs to go someplace where it's warm so she can thaw out, you know, like Las Vegas. Yeah. Now, here's Nick. He's got this beautiful apartment out there. You think he ever asked her once to come out and visit? No. Now, what I'm hoping is he's going to go home and see how bad off she is and then get the idea himself and ask her. That'd be swell, but from what I saw, I wouldn't count on it, Louie. No, I'm not. I'm not. That's why I told Ma, you know, drop a few subtle hints. Oh, that would be an idea. Yeah, like I, I told her to tell him, Nikki, I'd really love to see your apartment in Vegas before I die. All right. Because <laughs> if I don't... I'll... Uh, I'm going to give a brief overview of what... I don't know if a lot of people have seen Taxi who are listening, and I'm also going to have a brief... I'll also go into the plot of the episode. For those of you who have never seen Taxi, it was a sitcom that was on in the late 70s, early 80s. It's about a bunch of taxi drivers, okay? A lot of big actors got their start there, like Carol King, Christopher Lloyd, Judd Hirsch, fucking Danny DeVito was in was in all of it. You want to see young Danny DeVito? Go watch some Taxi episodes. Doesn't look any very, different. Yeah, he really... He looks, he looks a little fresher in the face, but like other than that... I mean, just um, barely though, he, like almost unnoticeable. Yeah, he sounds the his voice has not changed at oh, all. Yeah. yeah, like maybe it's a bit raspier these days, but that's about fucking it. Anyway, um, in this taxi episode, uh, uh, so t- Danny DeVito plays Louis, the horrible like boss who owns the taxi precincts where everybody works, and in this episode, um, it's Christmas time. His terrible brother. Uh, fuck me. What the hell is? Does anyone remember what his brother's name is? Nikki. Nikki. I think. I think you're right. It's Nikki. Yeah. His brother Nikki has come home, who lives in Las Vegas, and hasn't seen their mom in like a couple years. It's been a while. And uh, meanwhile, Louis lives with the mom, and she and he takes care of their mom. And uh, 
all the all this mom wants to do is go visit Las Vegas with her other son, and Nikki keeps refusing, and Louis getting real pissed about it, and it all comes down to a po. It all essentially comes down to a poker game where because Nikki's a huge gambler, and like he's, I think it's like a problem. Like not that he has a gambling addiction, but like he's pissing away people's money and his money, and he's kind of like a low life. And uh, Alex, the main character, Judd Hirsch played by Judd Hirsch. Alex gets in this big fucking poker poker game with them, just one-on-one, and Louis keeps betting money that belongs to the cab company, so they might just lose the fucking business, too. And uh, in the end, they're able to... He puts... He makes it says, if you lose this hand, you have to take mom to Vegas for two weeks and, like, take her out to dinner and, like, really, like, show her a good time. And then, in the end, he forces Nikki to do it. And it's a happy ending and blah, 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 blah. Uh, so... First off, I, I want to ask you two, like, what did you guys think of this episode? Would you put it, like, where is it in your top five, lower five? Kyra? It's, it's my 10. Really? It's your number 10. Mm-hmm. You know why? You didn't even mention Christmas when you described that episode. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, I, I have a whole thing about that, actually. So, Moss, where is this for you? All right. So, I also have to kind of explain that I don't know what happened, but the link that I think you sent me sent me to an episode about a spelling bee that I, as well, I was like, Moss. I don't think this is did you a look Christmas at the episode. Link? Yeah, I did. And it wasn't working when I tried clicking it, but that's also because I think at the time my internet was getting, so you bad. haven't watched this. Have you Moss? So what I did was I watched an episode of taxi that is about had spelling. Nothing to do with it, this. it also had nothing to do with Christmas and this weirded me out as well, but I thought that maybe it was which one did you see? Did you see the episode I just described though? <laughs> no. Well then <laughs> I, so you haven't so you haven't seen all of them. I, I don't se- want to get into the validity of these links. So, okay. Right. These are very questionable sources, <laughs> might so- I add. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, it's streaming online. Like Kyra, you okay. watched the you did you watch so, the episode I talked about? Yes, I just described. Yes, I did. I did. Okay. So the YouTube link good. worked for you, right? You, yeah, I watched the YouTube. So Kyra, that's good. Okay, great. So Moss, I, yeah. you're you're gonna sit this one out. Here, sit this one out because you didn't fucking watch the episode. Okay, so you're already in a timeout, and right, I'm a little I'm annoyed. Timeout. If you would come what? to me, Moss, if you would come, you sent and, and said, so, "Hey, Zach, this link doesn't work. I'm not watching the right episode." I didn't know. I just clicked. I would have other fucking, link that you sent. I would have fucking showed you like the right link. It, I would have found the right one for you. I thought it was the right one. I only learned that this wasn't the right episode right now. I thought that I had watched the right episode. So Moss, you're just gonna you're just gonna shut up and listen okay. for a little bit. I love okay. you, but shut the hell up. So Kyra. All right. Yeah. You're so going back to you, Kyra. Your big problem with this episode is that it, it didn't have a lot to do with Christmas. Yes. Okay. So let me explain why I chose this particular taxi episode because, um, so I watched all, I've seen all of Taxi. I really love Taxi. There are two Christmas episodes of Taxi, actually. Now, I was stuck between this one and one way in the basically towards the end of the series, is one of the last episodes. And okay, the other one has a lot more to do with Christmas. I won't get into the whole plot of it, but like it has more to do with Christmas and whatnot. Uh, and it, and it gets a little bit more cheeky and sentimental. But this had more to do with like 
this particular episode has more to do with themes of like family and family doing things around the holiday and going out of their way to do things for the ones they love. Like and other times they might not do this. Like if this were like not Christmas, I don't think Louie would have gone, would have fought so hard for his mom to go to Las Vegas with Nikki. And I don't think he would have felt the obligation to, uh, I don't think he would have been so up. I don't think he'd have been so upset that like Nikki shows up out of nowhere only at Christmas like and and he thinks he's just gonna like go in and out and like but i don't know if being circumstantial is enough like it can't be like oh a plot of a tv show was that they were gonna go mail a letter but it's like a provincial holiday so they can't go to the bank so it affects the story (laughs) drag me you know what i mean like i feel like if you're gonna do a christmas special you're gonna do a christmas special okay fine Mm -hmm. was there did you like hate this episode entirely or did you like like certain things about it or like tell me I mean, yeah. I mean, I think I did like obviously the dysfunctional family element is always going to be relevant towards this time of year, no matter what you're yeah. doing. It's a dysfunctional family is a dysfunctional family. But if, yeah, I found it. It didn't give you anything that you wanted. It didn't really te- like we didn't have any of that. Like, oh, and what did we learn today? Moments we didn't have a, mm. a magical holiday spirit moment. We had like two siblings just trying to get revenge on each other because they're upset and it becomes more of like a sibling special than my Christmas special I find okay fine uh wow oof um that's a fair sibling those special. are fair I critiques like and Moss you'd have something to add too if you'd watch the fucking episode <laughs> okay um, all right. well, I see you thanks. sitting there muting yeah. and unmuting your mic uh um I mean there's I will, carolers there I'll, are carolers I'll, they're I'll pretty hip that. carolers too they did a little yeah, dance wait, there are a lot of carolers throughout these specials another another classic christmas episode theme yeah so i will that, argue I that like the theme that i will argue that like the holiday spirit moment for me is when lou is like the fact that louie goes out of his way to help his mom and to get her this two-week vacation um I know, Kyra, I, I, I admit your argument is valid, but like that doesn't mean anything if it just so happens to take place around Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think in this case it does, knowing Louis' character and having seen the whole show. But also, that's not much of a defense because these are supposed to just stand on their own as Christmas episodes. Um, I will say, did you like the scene, Kyra, where Danny, where we first, uh, where Danny DeVito was first confronting Nikki in the little taxi booth, and he's and he keeps bouncing back and forth, going on the phone with his mom. And, and screaming at her, yeah. and he's like, "I can't talk to you when you're like this." And, like, <laughs> and then, and then he gives Alex the phone, and Alex is like, "No, <laughs> no, I don't know why people have children, uh, Miss Mrs. De Palma." Uh. Well, I think you put you put freaking um, Danny DeVito screaming into a telephone, and I'm happy. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. It was still, it was like still a good episode, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was still a good episode. I found, but I found in the context of what I was looking for, it was it was kind of clearly at the bottom for me. Yeah. And uh, we had a little bit of like Elaine and the rest of them. Uh, maybe I should have chosen the other episode now. I'm like kind of, I'm waiting a bit. Cause like the other episode also had Christopher Lloyd. Cause uh, Christopher Lloyd hadn't yeah. joined the series of that episode. Carol Kane was also in that episode. Um, yeah. The one woman they throw in there just to. There are, I <laughs> know. I know. Sure it doesn't look too It's not just all men. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> there are eventually it's Carol Kane joins. Um, Danny DeVito's actual wife joins the series, Ray Perlman. She joins the series later as his girlfriend, on and off again girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they were married. I'm pretty sure they were married at that time. You know, Ray Perlman? She was Carla in uh, Cheers. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched Cheers? No. 
I know you didn't watch Cheers. I, don't, I, don't know. I knew, I knew <laughs> I, I saying know. it. I knew the answer, but it's Cheers know, on Netflix. Makes me feel like I've never seen a single television show in my entire life. <laughs> when I talk to you, I'm like, as if I, I've probably watched hundreds, and I'm like, oh my god, I've never seen a single episode of anything in my life. Apparently, uh, Anyway, um, I'm trying to think of the other shit with this episode because it's hard now that Moss can't fucking contribute, and I, I understand okay, your well, points. <laughs> Um, shush, no, no, Moss, you yeah. sit this one out. This I is your am. punishment. I don't want to hear it. Um, and I know you didn't watch another one either, but at least you'll have more to say, I think. Anyway, 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 uh, I will, um, there what did you did you saw did you find the same sense of melancholia at least around at least maybe not as specific to the holidays but at least there in this episode well yeah like you pin it down to like a dysfunctional family dealing with like um, almost like a family trauma like you find that and also like office. people dealing with a shitty job they don't like and like yeah. and i imagine can and you, everyone's like, like oh are you gonna be alone tonight and they're all like yeah and yeah that's and right then they, yeah, they decide later on to oh maybe we should just hang out here then yeah which i like too um and uh okay correct me if i'm wrong but in the in the beginning is there a scene where elaine's crying and she's like my kids like they're going like to their fathers for christmas again yeah she's doing some with her ex yeah yeah well i and this is why again i keep talking about the other christmas episode but they all they do the same thing in the other christmas episode where it begins with her crying and uh i'm just gonna reiterate this one joke and she's like crying and she's like and she's like, oh, they like they went to Chris. Like I just dropped him off the airport, and she's sobbing. And she's like, why, Alex? Why? And Alex turns to her, and he's like, well, doesn't your husband have like that really nice cabin, like in Algonquin, and like this lovely skiing cabin? And and he looks at and she looks at him, and she's like, no, I mean, why do I let them choose? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's good, yeah. Again, Classic the other divorce episode, parents, but... right? I love it. Um, yeah, we can pretty well wrap that one up. We wrap up about Taxi. Yeah, I would. Like okay, I have a question though. Uh, mm. Would you watch more Taxi episodes after watching that? No, really. <laughs> no, I found it a little too unsettlingly cheesy. Huh. I can I can understand I wanna, that. I will say. Um, one day I would like to do a top 10 taxi episodes on this podcast because <laughs> I'm going to point out another thing. Actually, I think you'll notice not that this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be this one. All right. Leave me alone. Um, of the 10 episodes of TV I chose for this list. This is the only multi-cam sitcom. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And for those at home, a little, uh, little film education, for those who don't know what a multi-cam sitcom is, a multi-cam sitcom is essentially, if you ever watch a sitcom and you hear an audience laughing, that's a multi-cam sitcom. They, there's an audience there, so they filmed it with multiple cameras. Unless it's a UK, yeah, I know some UK know ones. What this is, but will uh, sorry. Um, what did you say, Moss? I was just gonna say there are some shows in the UK that will use um, laugh tracks on shows that there's just no way they could have ever there's attempted no to film. Yeah, like yeah. they're they're like a. I think it's not Peep Show, but one of the Mitchell and Webb shows. The, they definitely just use like they can't. They there's no way. So so sometimes it's not a laugh track. So it's like it's if there's a laugh track and if there's also it's shot like it's a stage play pretty much. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's it's true. like stationary and you have pointing from multiple. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's true. I will. I will. We could get okay. The cameras we can get aren't a following. Like you know. Yeah, know. it's not. Well, yeah. It's essentially, it's, multi cam is various ways. <laughs> multi cam is laugh track. It's laugh track. You're hearing an audience laugh. Single camera is you're not. So modern family, single camera. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. there you go. Anyway, mm-hmm. what I, another thing is that we could get into a whole discussion about like what shows have laugh tracks, which don't. The vast majority of American shows today that have quote unquote laugh tracks have a fucking audience. Like, they they do have people there. You know what? Do you know what like, show? Like didn't? the show which shall not be named. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The show that we're not going to fucking talk about. And I'm going to say it because I don't know if I've ever complained about this on the podcast. And we're not going to go into it. But Big Bang Theory <laughs> is the worst thing to ever air on television. I will die on this hill as well. Anyway, but you know what? Uh, putting the Big Bang Theory aside, I, I'm glad it's fucking off the air. And I hope they all burn in hell. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That, maybe it was a little too far. I don't like the Big Bang Theory. Okay. Um, that was Maybe that was too much. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I, I sent you to this dark oh, yeah, I'm sorry you brought it up too. Um <laughs> Um, it's a good you know, example. Do you know what sitcom that like only went off the air a couple years ago uh, that played for a while did use a laugh track and didn't shoot in front of an audience ever? Which one? Yeah, guess. Don't you guess? Even guess. Oh. Mike and Molly. No, Kyra. <laughs> what like King of Queens? Like <laughs> no. Uh, um, How I Met Your Mother. Okay. Like yeah. No, I, that How makes... about your mother had a laugh track. They never shot in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. It was because um, they changed lo- because they decided they changed locations way too often. They didn't think it was worth it. But they still yeah. shot it like it's see. Yeah, they still. Why? I know they still shot it on sound stages. I believe they just didn't have an audience. <laughs> to me, it makes no sense. Like I kind of I, I understand why. Okay, so it does make some sense, I guess. But like. To me, I'm just thinking like the whole time, this is your excuse to shoot this show much better and to like do much better attempts at visual comedy, especially with someone, a character like Barney, who is almost like a demigod in real life and does like crazy shit. Why would they not? I don't know. It's it's like we can. OK, this is a whole whatever. other discussion. Let's get whatever. back to <laughs> what going back this, to taxi. Hey, let's just crazy. do this a little bit back more on course. <laughs> going back to taxi. Going back to the Christmas episode, Taxi, I think, is like one of the like one of the best multicam sitcoms, period. And this was back in the day where there were no other types of sitcoms. They were all fucking multicam. Uh, but it's like it's really good. And like Kyra, I would encourage you, like, if you want, I give you one or two other episodes to watch. Um, there are very, very good episodes. They did very good things. I think Taxi was also cut. It was it only had five seasons. I think it deserved way more. Another fun fact at the Emmy Awards when Judd Hirsch last season of taxi he won best leading actor in a comedy i can't find the clip anywhere but i've read about it all over that apparently like in his acceptance speech he like rang out the network for camps like for i think it was cbs he rang out cbs for canceling so soon he was like this was a great fucking show we were doing great fucking things he didn't swear obviously and i'm paraphrasing but like he did he did great things like i think this died way too soon like shame on all of you and he like left and that was it so good for him anyway anything else to say about this episode not you moss you don't get to say anything kyra yeah it's a uh, not a christmas special but <sighs> okay <laughs> you know what you like, know it's what, number kyra? 10 i might send 10. you the other christmas episode to watch and you tell me if you thought that was better okay okay yeah would you watch it if i sent you it's a youtube link as well and it will yeah. work okay deal all right moving on everybody all right my number my number seven chris my number seven of my top 10 underrated christmas specials is 30 rock Season three, episode six, literally just titled Christmas my Special. Mom's Yuletide boyfriend, good old Frederick August Otto Schwartz III. FAO Schwartz, like the toy store? His family owned some toy stores, yes. So what? Jack, I think your mother put out on Christmas to get you kids presents. She did it for you. Not possible. She didn't do anything for us. 
I know you guys were pretty poor. Did you have a lot of presents? You couldn't even see the tree. In five. All right. Um, I'm trying to find my notes. Give me a fucking second. Uh, to go for a brief plot overview for all of those who have never seen the episode, uh, and I think I think this might be the most popular one I might have chosen for those who love Thirty Rock, or because Thirty Rock's a pretty popular sitcom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Jack Donaghy. So, like, what Thirty Rock is about? It's about Tina Fey making a, a version of SNL at the Thirty Rockefeller Center in New York. Jack Donaghy is her boss, Alec Baldwin. It begins with Jack Donaghy. He is visiting his mom for Christmas in Florida. I think it's Florida. He accidentally fucking hits her with his car um, and breaks her hip and has to bring her back to New York to take care of her. And meanwhile, everyone's it's almost Christmas. Everyone's getting ready to take time off in the holidays. He realizes he's going to be stuck at home spending time with his horrible mother, played by Elaine Stritch, by the way. Um, and uh, so... So he decides that he's going to force everyone to keep working on Christmas Eve by forking, forcing Tina Fey's SNL show called TGS uh, to do a, a live special on Christmas Eve. And, you know, of course, he like throws a bunch of money at it. They have to work. A bunch of stuff happens. There's a B story with Tina Fey is convinced that the, the, she did a, you know, the, you can volunteer as a, a, to write as Santa to respond to kids' letters. She does. And she wants to give the gifts that the kids ask for. So she finds the kids and gives them the gifts and then convinced she's been ripped off because these adults answer and she's like, oh my God, I got ripped off. And then she goes and finds them again, realizes that these adults just live with the kids and she, again, tells them that Santa doesn't exist and also makes it known that like their parents didn't buy these gifts for them. Mm-hmm. Back to that theme. Of- yeah, back to this theme again. Also, I forgot to mention this at the beginning. This episode was directed by Don Scardino and was written by Tina Fey and Kay Cannon. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. Uh, yeah, Kyra, tell us, what did you think? Of, so what did you like about this 30 Rock episode? And where would you place this in the 10? Yeah, actually, I think that's probably also in my top five, actually. Give us a number. I, you've said five. It, you've said... So I'll give it four. Okay. I'll give it four. You should write it down where it keep track of all this. Too. Yeah, I'm writing it down because I have okay, everybody cool. hates Chris at five. So I'd give this a four, which is, yeah. Okay. For me, yeah, all right, keep, keep going. So what else did you like? We are, it? It was, yeah, so I found, I don't know, I found it very Christmassy. So that gave it a good, like good points in my book. I found you had the dysfunctional family. You have the music. You have the, the literal Christmas special that's being produced as we're <laughs> Watching. you have that like letters to santa b plot like yeah i find it just very heavy-handed on the christmas which i find i love the more christmas the better yeah and it I also funny. Lo- it's funny i love it it's really funny i, I forgot how fucking 30 funny rock. 30 yeah have you watched so all 30 rock not all of it unfortunately i, I went through it in high school oh, really? but like I, uh, cause uh, I briefly at a time where you could get American Netflix on your phone, I just watched the whole series. Mm. Now that's impossible, but at the time it was not. Anyway, um, yeah, I liked what you're saying too. I really love the dysfunctional family aspect. Um, I also love that I'm pretty sure this happens like in the cold open, Jack accidentally backing his car up and hitting his mother. Yeah. And, I think we've all been at a time where we would love nothing more than to take our cars and just like run down a family member. Especially around the holidays. That's what that's what the holidays are all about. Am I right, Kara? Absolutely. Oh yeah. That's why it's um, so high up on my list. 
I love it. I just love it because that like that whole moment is fucking hilarious. And also it's really unexpected. Like you I did not even like I remember first watching the episode, I was like, Jesus Christ. Like holy yeah, shit. Like, it's yes, not I'm- what you expect the special to be about. <laughs> like his elderly recovering mother that he hit with his own vehicle. No, and I love it even more because like I think five or six minutes later in the episode, like a while later you find out like like she like Jack goes up to Liz and he's like, Liz, like I waited eight minutes before I called the ambulance <laughs> and just him sitting in this car, like not knowing what to do. And, and just like, this could be my out. And also this could like, but, Oh, I love it. Cause yeah, I might. Um, no, he definitely made the episode. Yeah. Yeah. That, that whole plot is like really the relationship between Jack Donaghy and his mother uh, really made it for me. Um, Moss. Did you? Um, uh, yeah, this was an episode you didn't. You weren't able to see either. Moss. No, was but it? I, okay. So I did see. I did see quite a few sizable chunks of it in clips. And in general, in my opinion, I've seen a good amount of Thirty Rock. I've never been a huge fan of it, but this episode had a lot of really great jokes. I, I especially love the scene where, yeah, like um, Tina Fey goes with the two of them uh, to the apartment, and they find out that yeah, it was actually those two kids, and it, it was great. Um, like it's because it, he's like what the letters to Santa, not letters to like lonely <laughs> white lady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which was great because it was just such like an immediate comeuppance that like Tina Fey kind of immediately just tries to take credit. It's like I did this, I did that, and they were like, no. "Oh my god, how could you just prove that Santa's not real to these kids? That's so evil." It was you know so yeah, fun bringing in the classic exposing Santa to children scene. Yeah. Um, so moss okay i gotta go i gotta go back a few fucking seconds moss sure what the fuck do you mean you're not a huge fan of 30 rock i don't know i um uh, from what i've seen i remember just not really digging it all that much especially like i think it's just because i had a terrible sense of humor when it was out and still on tv because i was not a terrible sense of humor but it was a very specific different younger me sense of humor so it was pretty bad no no it's it's not 30 rock it's me yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean I, I don't know if that's if that's an excuse but like also i just i don't know i don't really find i never really have found tina fey all that funny neither have i found like tracy morgan like any of the cast although i i do like alec baldwin um even then sometimes i find like there, there's i just it's a little too over the top for me sometimes especially in terms of dialogue and humor and like some of the the edgier jokes that they try and take i don't think that they pay off as well but that's just me uh, i i completely think that it's still a good show i'm not saying it's bad i, I just say I, the humor doesn't really connect with me all that much i will i will back it up i will i agree with you to an extent that like i love 30 rock i think all the things you're pointing out work for 30 rock Okay, and I think they worked for when it came out and how many episodes it had. I think if Thirty Rock was around today, still it would have overstayed its welcome. Um, I will also say, while I like Tina Fey mostly, I don't like like I don't like every show she's ever made. I'm not a fan of Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, is that Tina Fey? That's the Unbreakable Kimmy. Have you seen? Kimmy Schmidt Moss. I've only ever seen the first episode, I, but I, I, it's on my my Netflix list. Oh, I've been meaning. I've, I've watched it? it. Yeah, I've watched it. Do you like it? I watched it. I like. <laughs> <laughs> I found it like entertaining. Like what I I found it like something fun to watch. Just like on sitting, just to watch something. I didn't find it incredibly funny or out of yeah. 
like out of the box or something we'd never seen before. Like it was, it had its good jokes, but it wasn't anything like crazy. Yeah. Like I, I liked the first season. I think it kind of lost me after that. Like, I think I've seen all the second season and at the third season, I was like, I think I'm out. Yeah. I didn't because, watch the, what isn't it? Daniel Radcliffe in the latest season. Now? I don't even, I don't know. I couldn't I fucking, I could not tell you. My Someone issue up. is like, <laughs> like, cause like 30 rock and, 30 Rock and Kimmy Schmidt, like, although the subject matter is extremely different, they might as well be the same show. And like the directing is very similar. The music is very similar. The jokes, the way jokes are told is very similar. Yeah. Um, and it's very just conversation jokes. It's just it's like conversation, but it's still very over the top. Mm-hmm. Like it's like side. Over, I don't know how to explain it, but for those of and you, Jane Krakowski. And <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I'm talking about. Right, Kyra, like Kyra yeah. and probably Moss knows as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very, I think you, for my, I'm speaking very personally, I think the reason I'm not a fan of Kimmy Schmidt is because I really have to be in the right headspace to like watch a show like that that's so over the top in that sense, but still air quotes grounded in reality. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but I think that's why I liked 30 Rock. Like, I, I liked the over topness. I think it worked for the Christmas special. I think that. And I, I also Extra think it works for. Worked in this context. I also think the over the top niche works for Thirty Rock because it's about show business. Like it's about the craziness of producing TV in New York. Like mm-hmm. trying to convince actors to come, like to show up on time. Dealing with network executives, dealing with giant corporations. Like you can say, like it's so over the top because the majority of the audience like doesn't know that world. I'm not saying the majority of the audience knows the world of Kimmy Schmidt, but it is trying to be like, oh, she's like at a certain point. She is just a girl living in New York. Mm, like, right. you know what I mean? Like, it's about, you know what I mean? It's like an so, awkward adult female y- living in New yeah, York. Yeah, like an adult child that's not Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> um, <laughs> for uh, new girl. Uh, so, yeah, that's why I think the over top notes for 30 Rock. Going back to this episode, going back specifically to this Christmas episode, um, I love, not only do I think... Uh, Alec Baldwin is Jack Donaghy makes this episode. Elaine Stritch is his mother is fucking hilarious. And I guess that goes without saying, do you guys know the actress Elaine Stritch at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you know her from Kyra? Oh gosh. I can't remember. I feel like she's just more like more as the, ce- I know her more as a celebrity. That's fair. Than Moss? I do. Like, I don't think I've seen her in much, but yeah, as just a celebrity, like, as the icon, that's how I know her. As the icon that is Elaine Stritch. Yes. Moss. I mean, I think, yeah, like just more like mentioning than like seeing in roles, but yeah. No, where, 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 Zach, yeah, do you I remember will... from anywhere? Yeah, well, I, fucking... I, I think of her, like, the first thing I think of her was Broadway, like, the immediately there my association with her that's was Broadway. Ex- uh, okay, that's exactly what I'm getting to. She was the original, she was in Company, she's a bunch of other stuff. Uh, she's a beautiful singing voice. Uh, she was in the revival of uh, Showboat in the 90s, that was like one of the most expensive productions ever made. Uh, Elaine Stritch is like a fucking. She hasn't done a. She's done. I feel like there are big movies and TV shows. Shows TV shows she's done besides this that I'm not remembering. Have you seen Monster in Law, Kyra? Yeah, she's I think the, remember yeah. she's the mother in Monster in Law. Yeah. Well, she's the she's the grandma in Monster in Law. In the, yeah, and she's, she's she only the, comes in the last ten minutes. She's the other horrible mother, essentially. Um. Yeah, she's just what the Jane Fonda's mom in that. Yeah, she yeah. or Jane Fonda's mother-in-law specifically. So, yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah. Okay, so um, what I love another thing I love about like 
the Elaine Stritch, how great Elaine Stritch is, the Jack, uh, her and her and Alec Baldwin work off each other super well. Mm-hmm. I love the twist where um, Jack's constantly going up to Liz and in the episode, he's saying like, oh, like my mom was so off around Christmas because all she did was like sleep with these random guys. And, um, and cause like the thing is that Jack grew up poor and now he's rich and Liz, and basically Liz starts like, she, he starts mentioning names and Liz points out to him that like, Jack, like you always had a lot of toys around Christmas and your mom went out with someone named FAO Schwartz as in the giant fucking toy company. <laughs> um, and then he realizes, Oh shit. Like my mom made sacrifices for me around the holidays. She like, she sometimes only invited these guys over because they'd give me tons of presents like that, like, whoa, like that all of a sudden means something to me. And I'm like, that's like a very, it's a twist I didn't really see coming. Uh, it's very sweet. And he realizes that like, yeah, like my mom is like a three-dimensional person. And like, although she hasn't always been the best mom, uh, she, you know, she's not horrible. She's pretty great. Which yeah. like, I think it's really sweet. I love, it ends with, does it end with them singing chestnuts on roasting on an open fire? Yeah, her piano? dress up as Mrs. Claus. Yeah. But I also hate that this whole uh, my mom's a a prostitute thing is a theme among these. How does this happen more than once in these Christmas specials? Okay, it only (laughs) happened one other in one other specific episode. One too many. Okay, we'll get (laughs) we'll get to that. This is funny, but these happen to be the ones that you chose. I know, I know, I know. Um, That's not why I chose them. Ah, the holidays. (laughs) Ah, Christmas. Yes, the holiday specials. Everyone talks about their mom being sex workers you know just that kind of shit um <laughs> that's not why i chose it i just i loved i remember that's like um it was a fun twist and whatnot and like uh yeah like i just it's a good it's a good fun christmas episode it ends very sweetly even um i'm glad like although liz lemon's b story like tina Fey's b story about giving the gifts away and rooting again once again going back to rooting the fact that santa doesn't exist for kids um, it was funny. I'm glad I didn't pull too much focus from Jack Donnie's like whole plot. Um, is there anything else big I'm forgetting from this Christmas episode? Yeah, just I find it interesting that Jack spends the whole episode being terrified about his mother finding out about the eight minutes and she knew the whole time and was just like holding it against him kind of thing. Oh, right. Because he was like, oh, she can't found, find out. She can't find out that I waited eight minutes to call 911 and we get to do a nice <laughs> big reveal at the end where she was... Brings she it up the whole that time. she knew the whole time. I also love that um, although Jack Donaghy is like throughout the rest of the series, he's like this big force. Like, I'm this TV executive. Like, everyone's afraid of me. I'm the horrible boss. But I forgot that it's not... He doesn't like hate his mom necessarily, although he does a little bit. Um, it's a fear. He's generally afraid of Elaine Stritch in this episode. Like, he is he has a fear of his mother, which I'm like, oh, good. Let's like uh, dive into this Irish Catholic shit. Uh, don't we all... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was probably how it, I felt. It just was Christmassy. It was nice. It was a good episode. Yeah. All right. Moving on. My number six and my top 10 underrated Christmas specials is season. And I have to check which season number. Give me a sec. Uh, all right. It's the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, season six, episode 16 called uh, A Very Sunny Christmas. Which one lit up? The yellow and the blue both lit up. Well, then press yellow I don't remember which order it happened. Blue and... Oh. Okay. Yeah, you got it. You got lucky, though. Okay, now three happened, and I have no idea which three. Hey-oh! Boop-ba-ba-beep-beep-ba-ba-ba-beep! 
put a Santa hat on him. He's going to serve us drinks and break dance. That's awesome, yeah, dude. That's awesome. Now, what was he holding here? What is, is this his like, instructional video? Christmas Day, 1985. Oh, shit. This is a home movie my dad made of Christmas. Really? Oh, yeah. Every Christmas morning, he would videotape me opening up my presents. Toss that shit in, yeah, man. man. Look, son. Oh. A video camera. Hmm? And this was directed by Fred Savage. Uh, written by written by Charlie Day and Rob McKelney, who played uh, literally Mac and Charlie on the show. Um, again, this is like obviously one of the more popular sitcoms, seeing as it's going. What is it like in season fourteen, Moss or something? Yeah, I think season fourteen, something like that. Um, so this is this is like I, don't know, I guess like it's one of their earlier episodes. This is like twenty eleven or twenty twelve that they made this episode came out. Um, to give a brief overview, I also mentioned that of all of my Christmas specials I've chosen for this list, this is the longest. This is a 45-minute episode. Um, usually, uh, it's always sunny episodes are only a half hour. Uh, to give a brief overview of the plot, it's Christmas time for the gang at it's the gang at uh, what the hell is their pub called? Patty's, Patty's. Pub. Patty's, yeah, yeah, it's called yeah, the gang at Patty's Pub. Um, Mac and Charlie want to relive old Christmas traditions like oh, like looking at their favorite presents from the 80s and this and that. And they start discovering all this horrible shit about their Christmas traditions. We'll get into like what those traditions are later as we discuss the episode. Um, and meanwhile, <laughs> uh, Dennis and Dee and their dad, Danny DeVito... Um, um, uh, they just like they hate Christmas because Danny DeVito would always pretend to give them the gifts they want and then do a fake out and not give it to them. Um, and so they try to Christmas carol him as in try to make him look at his past, present, and future. Um, and it doesn't work, and he's still a horrible person. <laughs> and in the end, halfway through, they kind of decide that they're going to try to help others at Christmas. And again, that backfires, and it kind of just devolves into them going with one of Mac and Charlie's old Christmas traditions, which was literally throwing rocks at trains. And somehow it's a very, we'll get into it, but somehow it does turn out to be a rather sweet ending. And it ends with this shot of Mac and Charlie as kids throwing rocks at trains, saying Merry Christmas to each other and like walking away. And it just ends on that note. Mm -hmm. Now, my first question again, Kyra, where, where did you place this in your top 10? Mine's number six too. Really? It's number six as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, Moss, where would you place this? Probably number five. Really? Yeah? Okay. Okay, yeah, I could see yeah. Kyra, did you like this both as an episode of television and specifically as a Christmas special? Because I wasn't sure. Because you don't watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, do you? No, I don't. I've, I've, seen, an episode, I've seen a few episodes, but I've never I've like seen it. Like you're not like a, a religious watcher, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I, I remember when putting this on the list, I'm like, I'm not sure if Kyra's going to like this. So Kyra... I guess you did if it's this high up on the list for you. So tell me, like, what did you think? What did you like? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it worked as like a Christmas special. I think it had all the the themes and the values I was looking for, even though it was in the most like like it's very fucked, fucked up, up, cynical <laughs> way possible. Yeah, um, and for those, just sorry, just a quick side note. Uh, if you've watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you've definitely seen this episode and you know how fucked up It's Always Sunny can get. For those who don't watch It's Always Sunny, it's basically Seinfeld on crack. Kyra, keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah, definitely. So I find, in a way, it was... a Yeah, it was... A, in an, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia way. It was an incredible Christmas special. I think that you see the gang, all of these narcissists who will still 
come together just to give each other some form of like a Christmas spirit, even though they're all cannibals. And- <laughs> Carter, you look exhausted just talking about it. Like- and it, like naked men slithering out of couches. <laughs> oh God, that's right. Oh, okay. Moss, I assume you liked it, Moss, because you're already an It's Always Sunny fan. Yeah, yeah. No, my, my friend Christian started showing me the show like a back in late high school and it was just from an instant it's an addiction from there so yeah and i really love the ending to this episode because as you kind of already mentioned there's there's a lot of it's as whole as it's as wholesome as a show that's as bizarre and disturbing as this one can be and that's what i like yeah Yeah. that's what i kind of like about it the best with what they could so i found that yeah because if they did i liked it Mm-hmm. yeah precisely because if they did anything more it wouldn't feel right like it wouldn't feel like it's the same energy of the show or the characters but they managed to kind of walk this fine tightrope of a line between like what would be wholesome enough that it makes still makes sense for these characters to be doing that kind of thing so i i really like that yeah they uh they and i think this is one of their i might be incorrect but in terms of the run of the show i think this is like their first hour-long episode yeah uh yeah yeah we're early i think it is at least at that point Uh, i I don't know don't call me i haven't seen all the i haven't seen the last few seasons so i don't really know but i think this is their first one um yeah like okay so going into specifics um (laughs) uh i'm gonna talk about mac and charlie's plot first which is i guess kind of the i guess they're you can't really call it a b story they're both given equal weight um because the first thing that happens is that they're trying to revisit old traditions. They're trying to rekindle like what they once had as children. <laughs> Sorry, even talking about this, it's hard without laughing. Because that's how fucking funny this is. I, um, wait, I have a question for us. It seems so, I I haven't seen any of it. It seems so improv. Does that have any weight to it? I don't. I think it's all scripted. Really? I remember. I, I can definitely see a script too, but it just gives me such off. Like a they just bound the way the. Mac and Charlie bounce off each other sometimes. It seems very like just like Charlie. That's Day fair. <laughs> I mean, I maybe would... I'm wrong. Maybe there was a handful of improv in this episode, but like I remember the only reason I'm convinced it's scripted is because I've seen audition tapes for when D auditioned for one of their very early episodes. Mm-hmm. And the way she immediately started working off like Rob McKelney and uh, the guy who plays Dennis. It was an episode for those of you who've watched it's the episode where Charlie's mom um, pretends to have cancer. Um, it's uh, it's a long story anyway, but the way do you, the way D worked off them? I, I think it's scripted. I could be wrong. Oh though. yeah, no, it definitely sure. seems scripted. I just got the vibe somewhere sometimes. I, don't, I, I think understand. It, I, I think it could just that. be the way that they bounce off each other. Like I said, I think it's just yeah. their chemistry together seems so. That whole group has re- even Danny DeVito, like who came, he came in season two, but like they all work the fo- the five of them work off each other like very fucking well. Like it mm-hmm. is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah I so, picked that up. That was probably the first thing I noticed. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's a, de- watch thirty seconds and you'll get it. Yeah, like. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I like this rekindling of old traditions, like trying to relive what you have once in childhood and how it all gets mm-hmm. ruined. And I love. I think my favorite one is when. Mac is they're watching an old videotape of Mac opening a gift <laughs> and then all of a sudden the camera looks up the stairs and this family is like what are you doing in our house and then it cuts out and Charlie's like what the fuck was that like what, did, what happened and Mac's like oh you know the tradition like you go to other people's houses and you take their gifts and that was 
family coming in to take their gifts and like and that's a tradition and then mac has or the charlie has to point out to mac that like no you were just robbing people's houses early in the morning <laughs> which is back that to that alone. weird I, family tradition yeah i like explained that to my dad in the car a couple a couple days ago and he was and he started pissing himself too he was like that's hilarious <laughs> um and i just love that we have this big reveal from like max childhood thing and then we just we just get it right back from charlie it's so funny oh yeah and it's somehow it's even like it's even more from i don't know whose is more fucked up i don't i don't know i think it's equal weight for the two of them yeah. what charlie discovers and again i'm I'm just going to summarize it. Like Charlie's like, Oh, you know, when the Santas come and Max, like, what do you mean the Santas? And Charlie basically <laughs> discovers that his mother was a sex worker and just kept sleeping with men specifically dressed up as mall Santas, I guess on the breaks or something. <laughs> and I will say, we'll get into it more. There's a lot of naked male butts in this episode. <laughs> you get one yeah. from Danny DeVito. You get one from the elf from the, from like the dwarf elf. That's like, having sex with Charlie's mom who comes down. Yeah. I think it's the context of it. That's weird. Like, yes, girl, like, sure. You want your presents for your kids you go out there and you get those, but it's just the fact that it's just all dressed up as the Santas. And and how this is, and how this is how Charlie discovers it and how later it it comes to like this beautiful, this beautiful cinematic head where they're at a mall and Charlie has a breakdown and attacks (laughs) and attacks the mall Santa saying, Hey, did you fuck my mom? And just keeps repeating it and screaming it. And I think he literally he literally bites out Santa, hops the sand in this mall Santa's lamp. He pulls out like a Mike Tyson on this mall. Santa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah it's, it's, and it's and it's this was, ridiculous. It was disturbing. It was definitely. <laughs> it was, How are it these was people not arrested every day? <laughs> That's like, um, I'm watching the show and I'm just like, are, are they in a gang? <laughs> they're called the gang. I gotta, mean, they, that's yeah. actually, yeah, they, they are called the gang. So technically, and, yes. And, and Frank, Frank Reynolds, their Danny DeVito's character is also like yeah. apparently absurdly rich. So maybe that, that's another mm-hmm. way that they kind of like, but it's, but it's, it's still like, there must be some kind of like police officer being like, no, these people need to go to prison like right now. Like, <laughs> they my God. kind of, I or mean, any of them on parole yeah. or anything. Like, I don't know. You see a actually. child, Charlie, like huffing glue as the yeah. Santas go up the stairs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a child. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a thing where like, <laughs> there's another funny joke in a different episode where, where Charlie's like huffing glue and they're like, like Charlie, you know, this is like Elmer's glue for like kindergartners, right? And he's like, it does the trick. And I'm like, <laughs> there's, there's actually because, a, Sorry, um, there, there's there's quite a few um, Charlie huffing glue and like that's a runner throughout the series, yeah, yeah. But not only that, he'll he'll like he'll huff like cat litter and a bunch of other things too with the glue. Like the amount of <laughs> stuff that he or like I think there's another like one of his running gags is just like he just loves bashing rats because he's like he's like oh, the yeah. pest control Charlie person work. at the park. <laughs> So his main yeah. job is just to like live under the floorboards and kill rats. <laughs> he can't read <laughs> either. Just, well, the, well, this other, I find okay. that to be all incredibly interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. I love it. That's what mm-hmm. I love about It's Always Sunny is that in terms of comedy, and this is my argument for the show, there's no straight man. There's no normal character. In, the, in, the, in that ensemble and just looking at them specifically, all of them are, ju- are just as crazy as each other and can top each other. Which really mm-hmm. works. Um, another funny thing, speaking about how like Charlie's addicted to like different drugs and he huffs glue. There's literally an 
episode of It's Always Sunny where they all get the flu and they and they think they're all going through these horrible flu symptoms. And a couple days later, they realize that they're not going... That's not the flu. They're all going through physical withdrawal because they stopped drinking for a singing competition. <laughs> and it's like literally that they just discover, oh, we're all just alcoholics and drug addicts. And that's why we're feeling so shitty. Mm. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, going back to this Christmas special. Yeah. Um, Relatable. <laughs> Going back to this Christmas special, the other story is when I personally, one of my favorite like stories with around Christmas is like Christmas Carol. I love that ghost shit. I love how creepy it can get. I, I love like, that ghost I really, shit. Yeah. The darker the better. Yeah. I like, like, give me some fucked up ghosts. But I love is that like they tried to do their version of, they tried to literally do their version of Christmas Carol with, um, they forced Frank to like, reconcile with his business partner who he screwed over, who is now a born again Christian. And I love how much they bash Christianity with this for every time he tries to bring up God. They're like, no, 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 no. Like we're not doing that right now. Like stop. <laughs> and um, how, <laughs> how, how they um, do the Christmas presents is that Frank has to go to his old real estate office and like, and hear everyone talking shit about him at the staff Christmas party. But Danny DeVito won't do it unless he can like Frank won't do it unless he can hide in a couch. And it's like, and there's, it's very obvious. There's a man in the couch. And at one point he just, he just, it's like, it comes. looks like Han Solo in Carbonite. <laughs> it's, it's so unsettled. <laughs> I love it so much. It's and so I like also it, love, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I, I just the imagery. And I hate that I knew about this scene without ever watching this show. I hate that I knew about it already. <laughs> oh, of all the memes and, there's been so much of just like the gif of him just sliding out of the couch, you know, like completely naked, covered in sweat. Just oiled. He's but greased also- up. Yeah, he's very <laughs> greasy. I love that it reminds me of the of the scene from Ace Ventura. I think it's two where he comes out of the rhino. <laughs> oh, God, Do you guys remember right? this? Yeah, he comes no. out of the uh, yeah. He comes out of the uh, the anus of a rhino. A, what's he the has second one. I don't know if it's the second one or the first. It must be. It's the second or the first. I think maybe the second. But Jim Carrey has to spy on somebody, and he's in a fake rhino. But at one point, like, he can't get out and the air has been all blocked off. So it's literally a very sweaty Jim Carrey, like, coming out of this rhino's butt. Maybe that's where Danny DeVito got the inspiration. Maybe, yeah. It's uh, a possibility. It was beautiful. Oh, my God. Yeah, um, no, I, I, also, I knew what was coming up. I- <laughs> it's also funny because they're like, oh, yeah, you have to hear everyone talk horribly about you. But he hasn't worked there in, like, 30 years. So none of them know who Frank Reynolds is. <laughs> And they're and every time D and uh, Dennis and D come up to people, they're like, "Who are you exactly? Like, where do you come in?" Oh, it was perfect. It was, it was it's a pretty great Christmas special. And like, I gotta I, say, I, I like how it was so dark, but it didn't seem like it. Yeah, it plays mm-hmm. with it, and I like how their version. And later, when they're trying to like do something right for people, their version is just waking people up at two in the morning to go to like go christmas caroling and like of course Again, like they're all told christmas to go carolers. yeah a lot of christmas carolers in this um <laughs> well it's it gotta be in a christmas special exactly uh what i also and like also looking at how fucked up it is even in terms of it's always sunny like this was a new at least at that point in time this was a new level for it's always sunny i don't think we'd quite gotten how 
messed up this was, especially with like the mall Santa scene. But it all worked. I mean, I've uh, the mall. Oh god! I think that scene and, uh, where Charlie is like, "Did you fuck my mom? Oh my god! Did you do like that scene?" Is one of the most famous like scenes from the whole series on on YouTube. Like that clip is always circulated yeah. around. Yeah, I so. Imagine. Yeah, it's iconic. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Like I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I love the scene. Like I love, again, I love rekindling old the theme, the themes and the traditions of rekindling old traditions, discovering that it's messed mm-hmm. up. I mean, more so than others. I also love, I also love Dennis and D trying to make Frank look at his demons and try to make him like, be, like do a one eighty like Scrooge, but instead it just keeps flying back in their face, especially when they discover. Like, cause like what they hate is that Frank does a fake out where he buys them extravagant gifts that they, that he specifically knows they want and then takes it away from them. And he, and then they go to the business partner who's this born again Christian. It's like, you can tell him not to do that. And he's, and Frank's like, where do you think I got the idea? Like, where do you think I learned the fake out was from the business partner, God, which I also I love. It worked well. It worked well. Yeah. All of it's funny. I'm trying to think of what else I'm just, I might be repeating myself at this point. Um, and you, well, I also like, uh, I also like the claymation. Yeah, little yeah. Scene right. Where they do it like like the like the Rudolph special, and then you have like the California raisins. <laughs> oh my like, god! So it's just all those other cute little nods to other specials. That I like I like that. Yeah, they did it well. Like, yeah, and that's because that's Frank is like almost dies in a car crash. Mm-hmm. So much fucking, sh- so much shit happens in this episode. It's very convoluted, um, but it works. It, it it does work. It all kind of makes sense structurally too when you watch it as one long episode uh frank tells about how he's now realized that like how what he's done is wrong but they don't forgive him and like they're like (laughs) oh no like i like how in the special we all like in the in his version of the story like they all he's afraid they'll all kill him and he's like oh yeah we might (laughs) it's good but uh it wraps up wraps up nice like i really like i don't know i didn't expect it to tug on my heartstrings as much but that very last shot with their all they're all throwing rocks at trains and it cuts to just Mac and Charlie as kids who must've had very sad childhoods. Uh, when you think about it, um, are just walking away and they're like, Merry Christmas buddy. And it's like, yeah. Fully unaware. Yeah. Uh, okay. I have to, ask, yeah. One of the questions I want to ask, like Kyra, did any of these specials ever make you tear up or tug at your heartstrings at least a little more than you thought they would? No, no. Yeah. I'm, but I don't, and I'm I'm not that I'm not that person. You're a sociopath, I know. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm a Scorpio. Um. <laughs> Moss, I have the same question for you though. Did these target your did any of these target your heartstrings so, at all? Maybe not make of, you tear up, but just making you think like, oh, like Night of the Meek did because I had never that was like it was, I, yeah, Night of the Meek. I would say the Twilight Zone. Okay. Um, especially because it just kind of comes out no, and it's like unrelentingly realistic and brutal too. With the, but aside from that, no, I mean. Uh, you know, they're all they're all great episodes, but they're they're. I also I had seen most of these already, so I guess a lot of that emotional impact is also kind of gone. But but still, you know, like they're good. Just not fair. like you know, I'm not like oh god, the holiday. Okay, scared. I'm not like sobbing <laughs> over these fucking Christmas right. specials either. But I know, some, I know. <laughs> a few of them make me. Uh, we haven't really gotten to any that have ever made me tear up, but like I one want of you these. To make sure you mention them when they when we get to them. Oh, we're getting we're. Uh, looking at my list, we're well, going to be getting we're, to the we're soon. At six, so we're at six, so yeah, we're ready Top to move on now. too. Mm-hmm. Do Top anything? Five, you guys five. want to say anything else about the "It's Always Sunny"? I'm good. No, I think I think we did a nice little wrap up. Okay, there. cool. I also so didn't realize that like there was no, there's not a lot of snow in Philadelphia. Well, they probably 
often recorded around Christmas time. And remember, it is you know always it's like sunny. The television works. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's uh, always yeah, sunny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry I imitated you, Akira. That was rude. Was, oh, was that me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. So, my number five. Uh, my number five and my top ten underrated Christmas specials is Futurama. There's a Futurama episode, and it's literally titled Xmas Story. Yeah? Well, I don't believe in Santa Claus. Come on, everybody. If you don't believe in him, he can't hurt you. Oh, God, the pain. Ho, ho, ho. Time to get jolly on your naughty asses. Ho, 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 ho. Watch out. His belly is shaking like a bowl full of nitroglycerin. Um, wait, I have notes about who wrote and directed these. Jesus Christ, where the hell is it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Futurama, Chris Xmas Story. It was directed by Peter Avanzino and, uh, fuck me, Brett ha- Holland, I think. I, my writing's not great. And it was written by David X. Cohen, who wrote a lot of these. He was, like, mm-hmm. a great TV writer. Um, so, and it's a season two, episode four, by the way. Okay. Um, to give a brief overview, um, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people have watched Futurama. It's also, like, not exactly an underrated show. Um, Basically, a guy gets frozen in the year 1999 and wakes up a thousand years later and he's living in the future. And in this episode, in the Christmas episode, he was like, he's like, he goes to his friends who all work at the same delivery place. He's like, do you guys celebrate Christmas? Like, you know, Christmas, X-M-A-S. And they're like, oh, you mean Xmas. And Christmas has lost all meaning a thousand years later. And uh, while they still celebrate and give gifts, um, there's also an element where Santa has been made into a robot who will who thinks everyone is naughty and will hunt down <laughs> and will and will literally hunt down anyone who's out on Christmas like on Christmas Eve like after dark he'll come and just kill you um, which is fantastic this is a really fucking good Christmas episode this is one of the best Futurama episodes ever mm-hmm. um, I will argue that like when Futurama got good I think Futurama in some cases was better than Golden Age of Simpsons um but we'll talk That's about that later but yeah. so you guys kyra starting okay it's bold but we'll get into it later maybe uh kyra what did, did you like this episode and where would you place it in your numbering i did i did love it um i put it i put it at seven um not because wow not because it wasn't a good episode just because i think it had um didn't encompass everything i was looking for in my classic special I mean, you have okay, the dysfunction. So- you have the dysfunctional family as the friend group. You have an orphan. You have like the only main character of Santa Claus, which we see in any of the, these specials. And I'm obsessed with this version of Santa. I love it. I thought it was a fantastic idea. Yeah. Have you yeah, seen this, before, this episode before, well, Kyra? I don't think I've seen this episode. I've seen a decent amount of Futurama, but I don't think I ever saw that episode. Huh. I remember watching this also on YTV when I was super young. Yeah, me too. Moss, sorry. What did you talk? Tell us, Moss. Would you like? What did you? Where did you place this? Also, Moss. This is, I guess, maybe like a <laughs> flexible with Night of the Meek one two spot. Like I, I really like. Really? Yeah, yeah. This is like one of my favorite episodes of Futurama, and I really like Futurama, and I grew up with it again, like watching it on on you on uh, YTV a lot. And specifically, I think mm-hmm. it's funny because I feel like Robot Santa is the perfect like actual metaphor for the holidays where it's like the anxiety, like all, all of the problems that you could kind of condense into the holidays is perfect in robot Santa that like, you know, the kind of mechanic kind of capitalistic 
interpretations mm-hmm. of the holidays of Santa being like, you know, kind of like becoming a, a problem. But then in resistance to it, you find like the wholesomeness. It's just like another way, like the winter, like the original theme of like any kind of like winter solstice holiday is usually because you need to stay warm, you need to stay in shelter. So this general sense of like festivity and camaraderie is a byproduct of having to stay together and survive. So this survivability and like, I don't know, like this, like general, like even just the weather during winter sucks. It makes you more depressed. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. All of this negativity yeah. is perfectly... Exp- and I just... It sounds like John Goodman doing the voice of Robot Santa. It is John Goodman. I, is it? Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. I, it has to be. Um, <laughs> it is. I didn't know that, so actually. I didn't... I was... I, did, I should have looked up these voices, but... Uh, oh, yeah, no. As soon uh, as I heard... As soon as I heard it, I was like... <laughs> yeah. Good. John oh, Goodman I thought it was great. great. I thought it was hilarious. It's such a funny episode. Yeah, I forgot. Again, I hadn't seen that episode in a long time before I rewatched all these, like, while trying to make this list. Um, I forgot. I also forgot how, like, there is a sense of melancholia and sadness within this Christmas special. And even putting, like, whenever I think of sadness in Futurama, because it had a lot of pathos, this show, I think Mm -hmm. of Leela and the fact she's an orphan and she doesn't doesn't know who her Mm. parents are for a very long time. But what I also always forget is because Fry has been frozen for a thousand years, all his family that he ever knew before this is dead. Like they're all gone. And I'm like, I, when I watch them, I'm like, Oh shit, that's right. Like he doesn't have anyone. And the fact that now Christmas has been redefined as this very different holiday too. It's just more, it's just another further thing to rock his world. Right. In a bad way. Like I, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like another, I never like, they don't dote on it too much. I think, think in the episode but when they they bring it up and i'm like oh shit like i didn't i hadn't even thought of that mm-hmm. maybe that's just me maybe it was super obvious to everybody else but yeah yeah i find i like you again you find those dark elements those melancholic elements like you talk about but they do a good job of yeah i also love the ongoing joke when there's a scene where eventually like <clears throat> robot santa chases them down he corners them all in their in their office or whatever in the in the big planet <laughs> express building and the ongoing joke is that although he hates them all and they're all in the bad list, it's only Zoidberg who's like the punching <laughs> bag of the show, who's the good, who's on the good list, and he's always like, except for you, Zoidberg, and he like gives he him a little the toy, pogo stick, yeah, the pogo stick. But then which, Zoidberg ends up being the one who murders <laughs> Robot Santa, yeah, accidentally kills Robot Santa. I love it. So and I also love that they've been talking about this, like this Robot Santa that's been terrorizing their universe for two hundred years, and no one's <laughs> been able to do anything about it. But don't worry, these these fucking gang of misfits will solve the problem. After it's, just, it's not even. Years. It's not even all. The, it's literally just because Zordberg he hits him with the pogo stick or something, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, <laughs> oh my god, Zoidberg, Zoy, who is like the most jerry of the show like he's yeah he's totally like irredeemable at some points he can be his own bad guy but he, mostly he's just this pathetic punching bag that you love to see just like suffer for no reason just like unconditional yeah. suffering just, i hate that my favorite part of it was him falling down the bobs it's just funny oh. 
I love it. Like, is it because like at first Hermes is being pushed down the bobsled and, <laughs> and, and he keeps... goes upside down? Yeah, but he goes real slowly at first too. God, I forgot how I got. I forgot how funny Futurama is. Like even yeah. that gag when when Fry is on top of the building and he's trying to hold on to the numbers and the digital clock, and then <laughs> and it keeps going and it keeps dropping further and like, oh, that's also that's, uh, I think it, a modern times reference. I think yeah. Is it? Yeah, that's it's a, a reference to quite a few. It's like there's some movie in the 20s that it was a reference to as well. Like nine, probably modern. Most, modern Times is a Charlie Chaplin movie, isn't it? Yeah, and there's the the, the well scene the, the clock scene. Yeah, but the the wall the tower with the clock on it. I think that's a reference to something else. Yeah, it might be a Hitchcock movie or something. I think you're right. Yeah. Like it's not what I'm thinking it is. Uh, but, but you're I right. Like the guy like hanging from holding the... onto the clock is <laughs> is modern times. That's sure. oh my god! I totally huh. I should watch more Charlie Chaplin. Movies. I'm not one for silent films, and that's I'm not Dude, proud to admit great that. Great Dictator and Modern Times, and honestly, just watch Buster Keaton instead. Like I don't know, I, I, there's not that. Buster Keaton. Oh, I've and, seen, and, I've um, seen a, and a large amount of Buster Keaton clips. Yeah, I've you seen have to watch City, City Lights. Lights. Yeah, that I've seen. I've seen City Lights. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, but yeah, I think it's like it's really sweet that they all wind up together. I like how they sing that um, version of Chris. Sorry, I don't know if you, my cat yelling at me. Uh, Rudy, go away. <laughs> Um, I like that version of a, a Santa Claus is coming to town. They sing where it's just Santa Claus is gunning you down um, <laughs> because technically I don't, I think they established that he's not dead in the end. He's still all that. He, they just get him to like blow up and go away mm-hmm. and I he'll show up another, in future Christmas specials. Yeah. Yeah. He shows up in other episodes later, mm. uh, which I'm glad good for him. Uh, it's too, I think it's too funny. It's too funny a thing for them to get rid of that early in the, in the series too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, it kind of but sums it, it up. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, like it definitely. Yeah, it passed passed the Christmas vibe check. You know, um, you get Fry. Fry's got his little like speech at the end. Oh my god, where's little speech at the end? He's like, it's not about the food and that little kid's like, I'm so hungry. <laughs> oh right, Tinny Tim or <laughs> yes, I am so hungry. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It was it was good. <laughs> And but it was just trying. a little too off track for me, I think. So that's fair. Uh, yeah, I liked it. it was still a good episode. It still deserves to be on the list. I think I don't think it's I don't think it's talked enough about and uh, talked about enough in the context of it specifically being a Christmas episode. We also have a naked old man in this one at the end. Oh, that's right. Profe- yeah, Professor just strips naked. Like uh, we got Danny professor. DeVito and Professor just stripping naked in a Christmas I'm, special. I'm glad those two things are common. Sex working moms and uh, naked old men are common themes in these, at least yeah. in those two. Also, um, holiday themes. You know, just yeah. <laughs> it's confidence. I love it. It's confidence. Get it. Yes. Um, Normalize the body types. No. (laughs) Danny DeVito's body. (laughs) Old and saggy. I wish we all looked like that. (laughs) Me too. Wouldn't it be a beautiful world? What a wonderful world this would be. Just a bunch of shells. That's really what I want for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. We're just a bunch of Danny DeVito husks. (laughs) <laughs> logging around different personalities different minds but we're all Danny DeVino yeah, is this like weird. a fan fiction you had planned for a while Moss that you want to <laughs> start plugging no it's one that I planned on. okay good <laughs> you're just gonna get um, a 40 okay. page document dropped in your inbox one day just like please read and look over and it's just like a full <laughs> film that's just like one day everyone will cope and they were Danny DeVito it was truly a brilliant thing 
Yeah, we're, we're united through the conformity of Danny DeVito's <laughs> body. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, okay, I think we're ready to move on to the next one, right? Yeah. So my number four in my top 10 underrated Christmas specials is the Malcolm in the Middle episode, literally just titled Christmas, um, season three, episode seven. I have had it! I am taking everything, every present, every decoration, every treat. I am locking it in the garage. Every single Christmas, you scream or burn or break or destroy, and I am putting a stop to it. She's stealing Christmas. Mom, you can't do this. Yeah, this is the last year Dewey will believe in Santa Claus. What? If you boys behave until Christmas morning, there will be a Christmas morning. Otherwise, these are going back to the store, and Christmas will be canceled. You want to cancel Christmas? You're bluffing. <laughs> it's directed by Jeff Melman, and it was written by Maggie Bander and uh, Peng... I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but Peng Lee Wangdrum. Uh, I'm sorry for, for those to that. I'm sorry about that. Anyway, this is... Uh, speaking of underrated shows, I think Malcolm in the Middle along with Everybody Hates Chris, and I think they're very similar shows, uh, were very underrated. Malcolm in the Middle is a fucking masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, in this specific episode... Ma- yeah, yeah. It's really fucking good. I've, I've like watched it all, too. It's, it's good from start to finish. Um, in this specific episode, Malcolm, his brother Reese, and Dewey at home are once again like ruining Christmas and like causing shit, as they always do. So Lois, the mother decides to take Christmas hostage. She takes all the gifts and the tree and the decorations and she puts them in the garage and she says, and I think it's for a few days. And she's like, if everybody can behave by Christmas and keep behaving, then we will have a Christmas morning with all the presents and whatnot. But if everybody, but if you guys like cause shit, then it's all gone. And uh, I love that. I love that's like, I've never seen that done before. It's hilarious. And it really works for the mouth in the middle world. And honestly, they all deserve it too, because they're horrible. These kids. Um, and the B story is that oh, shit. What is the older brother's name? Francis. Yeah, Francis. Francis. Yeah. Thank you. Francis has to go and spend Christmas with the grandmother, Lois's mom, who's this old German woman. And I think they mentioned it's in White Horse, which I don't mean if they mean White Horse, White Horse, Yukon or White Horse, like South Dakota. But anyway, we actually, my girlfriend and I like looked that up last night while watching the episode. And we were confused. Uh, anyway. And you, and you still don't have an answer. We don't, but they said White Horse. They said like, you have to go to White Horse. It's and probably like, within the U.S. They, they have to mean. Or they probably just up, made it up because he was like, "Oh, we'll get on a bus and come visit." Like exactly, yeah, that's true. Okay, anyway, um, she uh, he visits the grandma. The grandma's horrible, and there's a lot of funny. There's that's like, I think that was the funnier part of the episode was that B story. Actually, is like the, how horrible the grandma is, and just him. I think he tries to redeem her. He starts to feel bad for her. And you just discover that underneath all that horrible bitterness, there's just more and more horrible and bitterness. And she truly has a black heart, that woman. And I love it. So, uh, Kyra, I want to ask you first, uh, where did you place this, uh, this specific Christmas special, this Malcolm Middle Christmas special? And uh, I put it at three. Really? Number three? Yeah. It's not too far off. It's my number four. So we're only off by one slot. Yeah. Plus, where would you put it generally? Uh, I don't really know. 
probably in my bottom like top five though. Or sorry, in my my bottom top <laughs> probably in my bottom five. But I, I don't know. Here. I don't have a solid list. Right sorry. Okay. So all right, Kyra. So start us off with like what you liked about this specific special. I think the nostalgia of it for me played into it a little bit. So it might be giving it a bit of a bias. Um like specifically the nostalgia of like Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, like that Malcolm in the Middle in that episode. Um, I remember seeing that episode a long time ago. Uh, I just one, it's hilarious. Two, we get our dysfunctional family. Three, we get like lessons learned. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think yeah. well, you have like another crazy old lady character, which is also <laughs> another theme of all of these, apparently. Oh uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, for some ones we haven't mentioned yet, too. Yeah. Um, I. So okay. So which? Uh, let me ask you this: Which plot did you prefer? Did you prefer everything going on with Malcolm's family, or did you prefer everything going on with Francis? I think I preferred the Francis storyline. Yeah, I prefer the friend. Not to say like that being said, Moss, what did you what did you prefer? Do you agree or? Yeah, um, I think it's interesting because I don't know if I would prefer the Francis storyline, but I did find it more engaging versus mm. the the Malcolm family storyline might have had maybe more of like the more funnier moments. But mm-hmm. it's kind of like a one note, like really? you kind of know where it's going early on as soon as the kids um, are like, we're going to do it anyway. Like, you know what I mean? Like we, we can kind of see the path, but I really didn't know what was going to kind of happen with uh, their grandma Francis. and stuff. I thought that she was going to die or something, you know, like uh, it goes to some pretty dark territory at times. So I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. So going off that, I, uh, that being said, like, I still think the A story with Malcolm is still really funny. And I think it's, I think it's a, I think it's funny. I think it's engaging. I really haven't seen a mother take Christmas hostage in any other Christmas special or Christmas episode. Like, have you guys ever seen that on a TV show? I think I can specifically recall. Yeah, exactly. So, but what I liked more, again, Moss, you kind of summed it up with what I liked more about the Francis's just with Francis and the grandma is that, I think some of the, I think just Francis and the grandma talking is so funny. Like, um, and I also agree with you though, that it's, it's more unpredictable in the sense of what happens. So I'll go into it. So one of my favorite funny moments is Francis brings the grandma a Christmas card. And when it opens, it plays like it's play. It's like a little digital thing playing jingle bells and the grandma hates it. And it's like, and I gotta get it. I hate those cards too. You open it and a song is playing. Um, but how, and then at one time they're sitting beside each other and she keeps like opening it a little bit and he opens it a few times and she's knitting and all of a sudden she takes a knitting needle and just fucking stabs it into his leg. <laughs> <laughs> and she, and he just freaks out and, um, and she, and he starts insulting her. It's like, you know, you're like, you're the worst woman. Like, why don't you do the family a whole favor and just die? And she's like, are you done? And he's like, yeah. And then she takes her finger and sticks it into the wound, which like, I was just like, oh, that is just a piece to resist all. That's like, that's such good Malcolm in the middle comedy. And those two work off each other very well too. I remember, everybody thinks Francis is Neil Patrick Harris, but he's not. No, he's a master son, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but like people, I remember everyone always can. Everyone I ever talked to as a kid thought that was Neil Patrick Harris, or in high school when I talked to people about the show, they look mm-hmm. alike. I also like with the card when she's like, "Oh, it's the song they would sing when they're when they run through the village and throw babies in the fire." And he was like, "They sang jingle bells." <laughs> they sang something. <laughs> that was good. It's just yeah. funny. It's just 
watching Reese crying with the fire over his stocking when he oh thinks his mom's God. bluffing about the Christmas thing. He's like, you won't do it. And then we just immediately cut to the stocking on fire and him sobbing. <laughs> and that's how we cut oh. to commercial too. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is, I think out of all the Christmas specials I've chosen for this, maybe aside from one other one that we'll get to soon, I would say this is the funniest or the second funniest of the whole list. Mm-hmm. Like Malcolm in the Middle's humor is just on point. Um, it's always dark. Sorry, I don't know if you hear my cat, but she's crying. Um, uh, it's always on point. Jesus. I like, yeah. Um, I like that. Uh, I guess what I like about the whole idea of taking Christmas hostage is that I bet it's a thing your parents, did your parents ever threaten it when you're misbehaving around December? Yeah, my mom would just be like, anytime I did something, she would just like slightly put it in my brain. Like, remember, like Santa's Santa's always watching. So yeah, like it was more like the subtle hints. <laughs> exactly, and I love I love when like a that Lois threatens it, but she goes through with it too. Like she legit takes Christmas away, and I love that scene where like Reese is like, "Mom, you can't do this. This is the last year Dewey's gonna believe that Santa Claus <laughs> the Santa Claus real." <laughs> what? <laughs> and Dewey's, Dewey's just like what? <laughs> That was good. And we never go back to it either. It's never revisited. <laughs> yeah. Another another spoiling Santa for Yeah, kids. again. Like we gotta keep a list of how many times <laughs> it happens in these specials. But again, once again revealing that Santa's not real. But I love that we just pass over it too. That's what's made it that much funnier. That we never go back. Uh, and um, of course of I also, course the dad I, oh sorry. The uh No the, go ahead. Hal is just I love how he, you could just oh, I just love the, the one scene where his he has this like Rudolph sweater and the lights going on like and and Lois is like yeah you got like Christmas is canceled and before and he's like oh and he, he doesn't have to be told but he just knows he has to turn off his sweater and he's so sad I just love Hal is such a great character I love Hal yeah yeah um uh, it's yeah it's very good I also love how Hal is suffering just as much just the boys because he's basically just another kid in the house yeah. <laughs> like he's an adult but barely and uh, he tries to like sway them he tries to sway Lois to like keep Christmas and not threaten anymore when he brings her like he brings her that big like beautiful Christmas present he's wrapped and he's like oh like you know like it's the holidays like we ought to spend a little bit more and she's like oh wow and he's like yeah like, like and I think he I don't think he says open it now but he's trying to insinuate like yeah like it was for you and she's like I hope I get to open it and she just carries it right back into the garage <laughs> yeah. and uh, I think the themes though are pretty sweet in the set well they are I think the themes of sentimentality are only present in the A story with Malcolm because at one point what I found unpredictable is that the mom sways and she's like, I'm a horrible mother. I can't believe I've done this. And she goes to, she goes to like give the, she wants to like just give him Christmas early because that's how bad she feels. But at that point, of course the boys have like rebelled and they're in the garage, all the gifts destroying everything or unwrapping the gifts and they spray paint the picture of um, the mom killing Santa. <laughs> and at that point, though, she's just like in so much denial. She's like, I guess she just decides to let them have this pass. Just yeah, this one like time. she realizes that she's done something bad. So yeah, she so she's like, you know what? We'll have a draw. And she's like, oh, this is so good that you got them to come down and open up all the gifts. And like, I love that scene later where they're pretending the gifts are still wrapped, and they're like, oh, I can't. Like, I wonder what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well i like that you get the satisfaction of that like the nice happy ending of the a story like you said and then the b story with the grandma she's just a bitch 
She's just don't, horrible. Don't get that. Like she's like one of those like s- some men just want to watch the world burn kind of people. Yeah, know? she's <laughs> one of the scroogiest scrooges that ever scrooge to scrooge. Like so, it's kind of nice. So, like you see Lois's nice big turnaround and that Christmassy aspect from there, and the grandma's just like fuck it. You know, she won an it. Emmy for this episode. The grandma? Yeah. Oh my! Good for her. She fucking yeah. deserved it. I had no idea. Yeah, she's she's an I amazing. Looked at some more fun facts, but yeah, so, uh, I didn't. Clor- Cloris, Cloris Leachman. Yeah, Clor- yeah, yeah. Oh shit, that's Cloris Leachman. Yeah, yeah. so she, you know, she actually she, won an Emmy for this episode, which like makes you know, sense. She did great. Yeah, do you know Cloris Leachman is um a she's still alive and working, and b she's she actually has the most Emmys ever. She's won the most Emmys a single person's ever won. Oh wow! Hmm. Julia Louis Dreyfus, I think, is tied with her. And if Julia Louis-Dreyfus had won one more Emmy for uh, for Veep, I think she would have beat her, but she didn't. Mm. So it's okay. Mm. But yeah, Cloris Leachman. For those who don't know Cloris Leachman, she's also in a bunch of Mel Brooks movies. She was Frau Blöcher in uh, Young Frankenstein. She's in High Anxiety. Uh, yep. She yep. was recently the grandma in the new Croods movie. Oh. Uh, she's also the voice of a bunch of... Uh, She's the voice of a bunch of English dubs of Miyazaki films too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's in Ross. Do you remember she's in Castle in the or City in the Sky and Laputa, or whatever it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's no, one of the pirates. She, she's great. She's also, I think, um, I don't, I don't know, I didn't know that was. Close I, I, I think this is the same creative writing team as Malcolm in the Middle, but like they also did My Name Is Earl and Raising Hope. I think she's also in the show called Raising Hope, mm-hmm. which is I think by the I same didn't see team. Raising Hope. Um, huh. but I don't know. For her. For I know that them. Raising Hope is at least by the My Name is Earl people, and she's amazing in that show, too. Yeah, she's just pretty much every time I see her, she's killing the game. So yeah, Cloris Leachman is like, I hope she outlives all of us. I hope she's I hope she's just <laughs> somehow alive forever. Her and like Betty White, they just can't die. They yeah, just have I think she's funnier than Betty White. Mm. We don't I think have time to get into this. Well, yeah, we don't have time. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're right, Going you're back right. to this Christmas special. <laughs> also love the moment where like there is an arc for malcolm and the boys when they're when they finally start to rebel and they go in the garage and they're opening up all the christmas gifts they realize like oh shit like mom got us everything we wanted like although like maybe we're the problem and i love that because in the beginning malcolm's like i don't know why but like my mom's a total like nutcase every time christmas and they show all these flashbacks of them like lighting the christmas tree on fire um What do they what do they do to Dewey? Are they do a bunch of terrible shit in these they're flashbacks? Like, could they they're having like a fight with the freaking tree? The fire poker. Events. Yeah. Well like, that's the thing is that in this episode tree. Yeah, in this episode what they do wrong is that they have a snowball fight with glass ornaments. And I remember like I was watching this with my girlfriend at Sonia and she literally like gasped when they started throwing throwing the fucking ornaments around. I mean, I don't think she's watched a ton of Malcolm in the Middle. But anyway, it is also like it's a valid reaction. Like that's like Oh, I, I couldn't even imagine having one boy like with the, like um, I can't imagine having three of them Terrors. under one roof. Terrifying. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I feel like they in the end they kind of I guess maybe they don't fully realize how bad they are, but they do realize that there might have been like something to like this whole thing mm-hmm. and like why Christmas is a uh, why it's like this. Yeah, got dysfunctional family. Got good themes of coming together and like forgiving each other and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fucking funny. Uh, I also like that there's just no redemption for the grandma, but in the <laughs> end, Francis gets back at her by leaving the card somewhere in the house for it to keep playing. Right, right. That yeah, was good. It yeah, was good. it was funny. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, 
trying to think of what else. Hey, you guys have any last things to say or should we move on? Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to move on. Yeah. I think it'd be Good interesting stuff. to move on, yeah. Oh, um, I think, hmm. I think hmm, yeah, it might be, uh, yeah. Okay. Good stuff. All right. Moving on, everybody. So my number, where the fuck? I got to go back to my notes. Give me a second. All right. Okay. So my number three in my top 10 underrated Christmas shows. And I was like, I was hesitant to put this on the list because I'm like, is this underrated? I've heard so many people talk about it. But that being said, I had ever, I had never actually seen this. Kyra, you're the one who brought it to my attention. This is the Christmas episode. This is specifically a Christmas special, not an episode of a TV series, technically. Um, Merry Christmas, Mr. Bean. So this is directed by John Birkin, and it was written by Robin Drixel, uh, Richard Curtis, and of course Rowan Atkinson helped write it too. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyra, do you want to give a summary of Mr. of the Mr. Bean Christmas episode? Because like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, we open up with a classic Mr. Bean and his little car that we all know and love, and he pulls up <laughs> to the department store to do some shopping, and you know gets into plenty of shenanigans while he's there. Um, later on, he meets up with his kind of girlfriend of the show in a Christmas square and there you have Rowan Atkinson kind of dealing with more shenanigans as he leaves the store, dealing with somehow becomes a conductor of an orchestra and cuts down a 40 foot Christmas tree to get his little London flat and has, decides to host a Christmas little dinner later with his then girlfriend who has, she thinks she's given him the perfect idea of a Christmas gift, but that is not the case. Yeah. Which is like, was it, was she expecting to repose or just get a ring? I guess. I don't know. Kind of it's open up to interpretation. Yeah. I guess it doesn't matter. Cause she's like, she's almost minus the clumsiness. She's almost female. Mr. Bean in the sense that she uh, doesn't yeah, say absolutely. much. Yeah. Well, I guess no one really does. I think that's like kind of like the whole that's the point of Mr. Bean. Yeah, it's the whole point is to be li- as limited dialogue as possible. No, it is dialogue, it is, all visual humor. It is funny though that um, I think that the time that I've that Mr. Bean says the most is when his face is obscured. Like we, like we get the yeah. most like actual verbal dialogue from him only when we can't see his face actually making the like his lips moving or whatever. Interesting. Yeah, and like. Uh, I just, I didn't think I'd like this. I remember, because I thought I'd seen this, but I'd actually only ever seen it. I don't know if you've seen it, Kyra. There's a Mr. Bean New Year's Eve special. Okay, yeah. I've seen that, and I kept thinking that's what you were talking about, which is still great, because there were only, like, what, 15 or 20 Mr. Bean Yeah, it was a very episodes. limited series. It was be, be, like British style. They had, yeah. like, a handful yeah. of them. I think we're lucky we even got that many. Um, <laughs> but um, I think my favorite fucking part of this Christmas special is when he's playing with the nativity scene. Oh and, like, God. that goes on. I don't know how long that is. But, like, every time I think it's going to end, it doesn't. And then somehow it keeps getting funnier. Because it, it's, like, five minutes of him just playing with a, with a nativity it's, scene. It's, yeah, it's literally just Rowan Atkinson with a camera pointed at a table with a nativity scene on it. And he yeah. and takes him just you making on this sound incredible effects. journey. 
and this incredible yeah. story of hilarity and he just does it with little plastic figurines it's just incredible it's definitely my number one definitely. i love how there's a doctor who toy too a dalek shows yeah, up yeah the dalek so yeah this is your number one this is for sure my number one. oh yeah i kind of knew this would be your number one i'm not really that surprised i think this is like i think this is iconic i think it is hilarious i think it i think we get other aspects from it that we don't get from other episodes like we're not dealing with like a dysfunctional family here we're not dealing with like crabby relatives we're not dealing with someone who hates christmas i think it's just it's wholesome it's just a guy trying to have a good fucking christmas like and it's so funny yeah and my favorite my favorite part of the nativity scene is how it ends where all we have again with no dialogue he's stopped by I think he's just a guy working at the store. At the puts department down, store, yeah. Yeah, at the department store, puts down a little Chris, a little a little porcelain figurine of a of an English policeman, and then all of a sudden we pan out and or like zoom out or whatever. Yeah, he just like and, creeps himself into the scene. Yeah, and, and then Rowan Atkinson, I love it because I'd like to know like how he was trying how he was trying to get his attention beforehand that Rowan Atkinson or that Mr. Bean was just so fucking in to this nativity scene thing, which I love. I just love it so much. It, um, it, it's really good. It's I I can't remember the first time I watched it. I must have been incredibly young. My family is very British. So this was a big <laughs> aspect of my childhood. Um, that and like the Black Adder. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't seen the Black know. Adder one. Oh, the Black Adder. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, we'll get into this it. is another good <laughs> one. I recommend it. Day. But yeah, okay. I think you get, and we get that like, like seeing him with the female character. And we go back to this. And there's a bit of, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Like, it's just, you see, like, she kind of like, we go back to the theme of how much presents matter to some people and they don't matter at all to other people. Like, yeah. Yeah. That also the scene with him, I'm going to spoil it. And I guess it's not fun to explain the jokes, but I'll just explain it for people listening that like she, they meet each other in square. She tries to get him to buy this ring. And instead he buys her the picture of the models wearing the jewelry or something. Mm-hmm. Or like she goes up to the, the window and she's like pointing into the, the store display window. And he thinks she's pointing at the card, the picture and, yeah. and the picture. And she gets so excited because she sees and, uh, him walk into the store. Yeah. And I love it later. Cause also, oh, cause I thought I, I'll be honest, maybe this was just me being dumb, but I thought he was going to give her the ring in the end mm. because there's a, because of course she gets the picture and she's like, Starts, does she start crying immediately? Oh, I think yeah. she just, oh, yeah. She starts crying. And then he and then he literally says, like, oh, you haven't opened the main part. And he shows her this little jewelry box. And she opens it, and it's a hook to, <laughs> from which to hang the picture. <laughs> I thought all of it was perfect. And I think also there's, like, I don't think sadness or melancholia is the right word. But in some ways, you do see that, like, Mr. Bean kind of lives in a dump. Yeah, um, you see it, it is. He kind of just—he's a—he's a hermit almost. Like he's, he's not yeah. really, but uh, and he—and this, this is the biggest thing is him getting the turkey stuck on his head. Yeah, is it the is turkey on? Completely. <laughs> it is completely iconic. People want to give it to friends. No. No, Mr. B. No, Mr. B did it first. Rowan Atkins on his get, head. I also love like. <laughs> I thought it was going to end. I thought he was going to get the, because again, I never seen, I'd seen pictures and clips of the Turkey on the head thing. Mm -hmm. So I knew that was going to happen, but I love just them trying to get the Turkey off and how much it takes. I mean, like, I guess we're just summarizing this special, but really, I gotta be, (laughs) it's not, yeah, it's it's uh, relatively short. It's yeah, it's like what a half, it's less than a half hour, but like, yeah, less than a half hour for sure. Yeah. For those of you who love Christmas and who haven't seen this, 
I very recommend you go see Merry Christmas, Mr. Bean. It's perfect. Uh, it's like the co- it's A plus British humor. Um, I love Absolutely. just I even love the scene with him giving the presents to himself and Teddy and the socks he's hung up his Christmas stockings. And literally, he literally just takes out another sock and puts them both on. <laughs> well, it's and, like an eye for his teddy bear. Oh right, it's eye. It's button eyes for the teddy. Yeah, and he like sets up the little trap by the mouse hole in his floor. Oh, yeah, oh my god. Because <laughs> don't you think he's giving the him... mouse a stocking? Like what? What? I, it's so absurd. It's. I, I love it. I also love just the carolers showing again. Carolers are this one. Carolers. Oh my god. And, he, and rather than donate, he just sets up his chair so we can watch them, and then gets bored. <laughs> And it looks like he's about to offer them like a piece of chocolate from his box. Like he kind of yeah. picks it up he as walks, he walks he out the door. He picks it up and walks over. And you're like, oh, at least he's going to give that. And he just slams the door. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, yeah. It's a yeah. Is there anything? I'm sorry, Moss. We kind of like speaking over you. Do you want to add anything? Oh, no. I just, I thought it was perfect. Um, it's. Where would you put it? Yeah. Where would you put it? Uh, yeah, where'd you put it in your list, Moss? So I guess, like, I've already said five. I guess I would put it five, so I guess I'll just say six since I've already said five. But mm-hmm. again, like, right in the middle, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's still really good. I still really enjoy it. Um, I honestly, the only criticism I really have, I just I wish it was longer. It was just so much funny. It was, yeah. it was so much fun. That's mm-hmm. fair. I would, I would like, if... <sighs> if there, yeah, if, if it had been another half hour of just antics, I probably would have been down. Like... Oh yeah. yeah, I I there's not a single Christmas I go without watching that. It's good. I think it might become a staple for me too. Like this is a good fucking. I uh, I underestimated you, Kyra. I underestimated how good it would be. I didn't think it would be bad by any means. I just didn't realize like how fucking good. All right, and okay. it's, that's why it's my number three. It? It's my number three. We got two more. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ready to move on? Yes. Yes. Sweet. Yes. So. And I think so. My number two of my top ten underrated Christmas episodes. And I think this will be in your bottom for you guys because I'm not really sure you guys are going to like this as much as I did. My number two is uh, the episode of MASH, Death Takes a Holiday. Deny it if you can. You took the Christmas candy I gave you and you sold it on the black market. Have you no shame? May I explain? No. What you may do is retrieve that candy immediately and have it in the children's stockings by morning. Otherwise, they're going to find you hanging by the chimney without care. Major, I cannot. The money is gone. You! Parasite! Please, your generous gift and insistence that it remain anonymous touched me deeply. The candy would have brought great joy to the children for a few moments. But on the black market, it was worth enough rice and cabbage to feed them for a month. Rice and cabbage? I know. I have failed to carry out your family tradition, and I am very sorry. On the contrary, it is I who should be sorry. It is sadly inappropriate to give dessert to a child who's had no meal. Shall we share some, as you say, Christmas cheer? Um, I believe this is season nine, episode five, I think. It's definitely season nine. I can't remember what episode it is. Um, It was written by Mike Farrell. John Rappaport and Dennis Koning, and it was directed by Mike Farrell. Uh, so I'm going to give a brief overview. And again, I feel like some of the younger people who know, who listen, won't know MASH. So just to give you a very brief what MASH is, MASH is a comedy that lasted for like basically almost all the 70s, a little bit of the 80s. Um, it's a comedy about doctors working 
in a medical place during the Korean War. MASH stands for Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. Okay, that's what it's called, MASH. Um, and this Christmas episode, there were co- there are three Christmas episodes for all eleven seasons of MASH. I've seen them all. Uh, I was stuck between this and another one. I think I'm glad I went with this one because if we're talking about sadness at Christmas, this is probably the saddest of the Christmas specials that I've chosen. Um, so the plot's concern. There are two main plots. One, uh, the the mash unit usually has this big Christmas dinner. All their food's been stolen, and they have to like host a Christmas for all the Korean orphans because it's a fucking war. Um, so the they all of them give up their own food that they've been sent from family members, and they host this big dinner. And uh, that's one part of it. You also find out that the kind of the the carrot the he's not a villain of the show, but he's like kind of the who nobody likes Winchester. Uh, you, you think Winchester hasn't donated anything. It turns out he has anonymously donated a bunch of chocolates and toys to the orphanage without anybody knowing. The other, the other more sadder plot, the B story, I guess, or they're given pretty equal weight, is Hawkeye and BJ and Margaret are, um, again, they're surgeons. Like Hawkeye and BJ are doctors. Margaret's the head nurse. There's um, a, vi- a, a, a soldier comes in who's been shot down by a sniper and they realize like he's going to die and it's Christmas. But BJ is like dead set that he's going to keep the soldier alive until midnight so that technically he's dead on the 26th and that his family back home, he's got like two kids and a wife that they don't know that, 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 Essentially, that Christmas isn't a day of sadness. It's a day. Uh, it's still a day of celebration because they don't want their. He doesn't want their father to die on Christmas and ruin it for them. So he's just trying to keep this kid alive and have a pulse until midnight. And uh, yeah, that's like we'll get into. And again, one other thing I'll say is that all of my match Christmas episodes are sad, and maybe it's pretty obvious, but it's because all of them are away from their families. They're in Korea. Their families are back home. Um, Mash, they usually dote on this a lot. Like, there's a lot of episodes about this. Christmas is especially sad, and I and I love this sadness in Mash. I love Mash. This is why I almost put this as my number one, but in the end, I decided not to. Kyra, where would, where did you put this? And I think it's in your bottom. But yeah, don't be bad. It's probably like eight or nine. I'm gonna say nine. Okay, fine. Fair well, Moss, fair where did you put this? Um. Where did you put this in your top ten? I, I feel like at this point I've just like re I'm I'm putting I've my list is so jumbled, but it would also probably be I would also maybe seven. I think I've already said that they're okay. probably given a seven, but yeah, maybe around there. I, again, though, not saying it's bad, but just you know, I know, I know, in the higher. Oh, this was definitely a tough one to, to like number for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that's fair. So, Kyra, what did you like? Kyra, have you seen much Mash? I feel like you have not. I've seen a few. A few episodes here and there, okay. kind of thing. Again, so what did you I've, what did you like about the episode specifically? What I like about it, I mean, like it, I like that it kind of reminds you of what's important. Like, yeah, this, mm. like it, like you know what I mean. Like on Christmas Day, they're focusing on you know keeping this guy alive so that his children don't have to deal with having that association with Christmas. And like we don't really see that in any of the other specials. Like you have in Night of the Meek, the guy being selfless and giving out presents to all these kids. But I feel like... But this is like an extra fucking... Exactly. I feel like it kind of gives you a little insight as to what's important around Christmas instead of yeah. My favorite on li- a present episode, right? Exactly. My favorite line is when, when it's towards the end of them trying to keep him alive and the priest realized my father Mulcahy the priest realizes what BJ is trying to do and BJ says like a Christmas wreath should be green not black. 
And like, mm. I really, I love that. That's not the, I'm paraphrasing. It's not the exact line, but that really hit home for me too. I was like, fuck, like that's like, ugh. also I'm sure you guys know this. Mash has like fucking amazing dialogue. This is such good dialogue. Every line is a gem. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, did you I, like I, the plot? Did you like the plot with Winchester, Kyra? The anonymous present giving and all that? No, yeah. I mean, like, again, that also kind of gives you a look into what's really important is this guy is at first upset that a gift he's given has been Take, not, yeah. it's been taken in a different way. And he at first finds it for selfish reasons that, again, charity doesn't always mean doing something and going exactly your way just because you're trying to be nice. Exactly. And just a a quick little summary. Yeah. A quick little summary for people. So Winchester gives all these toys to the orphanage and chocolates to the orphanage. The next day at the Christmas party, he finds out that the kids haven't gotten any of these toys and that these have all been sold in the black market by the guy who runs the orphanage. And he goes up to the guy and he's like, how could you do this? How could you take all these gifts from these kids? And he's like, this would have been great. And these would have been, these would have given the kids something to play with and whatnot, but it only would have made them happy for a short time by selling them. I can feed these kids rice and cabbage for like a month. Mm. And Winchester realizes like, Oh, like, like my, like, like my bad like you're right this uh, what is he his line is um it's like oh it, is, it was silly of me to give them dessert without dinner yeah, yeah. It's silly of me to yeah. Give, yeah how wrong of me to give a kid a dessert who has not had he's not had a full meal so i'm like you got it basically yeah um sorry i'm i'm such a cult mash fan i'm sorry i'm keep hijacking no, that's this and i think i think what i don't see it as a bad episode i just don't see it as like enough of a christmas episode i but I mean, as much as you can do in, like, a military setting, yeah. like, hospital base during the Korean War, like, I, <laughs> yeah. I understand it can't exactly be the same as, like, yeah. like, the Malcolm in the Middle, where it's just, like, a classic family sitting in around their home kind of thing. So yeah. You have to give it what, that. Exactly. So, Moss, what did you like about it? Or what did you, what did you like or dislike about it? Was there anything you didn't like about it, Moss? Um, well, I, I don't know if I disliked much of it. I think that I, I did really like how, yeah, Winchester kind of needs to take himself back a minute and, like, there's that realization. Because, you know, I, as the Watcher, thought, like, oh, man, this guy screwed these kids out of out of his, uh, his yeah. special treats, too. So it was really well-directed in that I didn't, like, see anything coming. Like, it was very genuine in terms of, like, really making you reconsider the context that you might not have. it. Like, you know, the context of Christmas is so... Great for people who have the ability and means to celebrate it, um, and for those who can't, like you know that the world is a big place, and um, it's good not to like center ourselves too much, especially even in times where where we want, where we think, oh, the world's so against us with winter and stuff. We have to kind of come together. It's like some people have it way, way worse than you do, even like you know. So exactly, um, yeah. So going off what you said, Moss, um, what I love about <sighs> Maybe this isn't a theme. Maybe it's just the circumstances they're in. But I love how this Christmas special is about making the best out. Partly, it is about making the best out of such dire circumstances that they're in. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's wartime. They're away from their families. They're in Korea. It's freezing. They're not exactly. Uh, and like you said, Moss, like no matter what, like you consider a bad Christmas, like this kind of makes you very thankful for what you have, like you're not like we're not in the middle of like an actual war we're not we don't have family i mean like we currently do not have family members overseas 
you know, dealing with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and even another line that gets to me is like when BJ and Hawkeye are staying up late on Christmas Eve and BJ is like, what's he doing the popcorn string thing, which I never really understood. Mm-hmm. Is that a, do people do that? I used to. Okay. Sorry. Hmm. I never I, I, I've never done it anyway. myself. Seems like a waste of popcorn, but okay. I guess um, it's probably it's probably just to keep children busy, just so they <laughs> shut up for a little while and they that's, sit and they put little popcorns through a, a that's needle. Fair, just, actually, sure, here, put some way. put some popcorn on a thread. Yeah, yeah. it'll be quite. That looks pretty. It's a good point. Ish. My um, cats would just eat it. I don't. know. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for them. But you know, it was for them. It was for the cats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, but well, they're staying up late. They're doing the pop the popcorn thing. They're building a little Christmas tree in the in the in the mess hall. And uh, BJ says, like, I remember when I was a kid, a big tradition was that my dad would lift me on his shoulders and I would help put the star on the Christmas tree. And he's like, and then he remember he BJ has a daughter named Erin and she's always, she's all a toddler uh, mm. around the whole length of the series. Cause the war is technically only three years, although the series lasts 11 years. Um, and he says like, yeah, like this would have been, this would have been the time I would have had Aaron on my shoulders and we would have been doing that ourselves. And like, and then all Hawkeye says, like, don't worry, BJ, like, we'll get him next year. And, like, it's really sad. Like, think about that. Like, yeah. And maybe they would have gone home next year, but we don't know. It was a three-year war, so. And, yeah, I, I also will say that one day on this podcast, I will probably do a top 10 MASH episodes. Although, for those of you who know the show, who are listening, you already know what number one will be. <laughs> um, oh, how mysterious. Yeah, uh, that kind of... I can't really think of anything else to say with this episode. Uh, I love, I love the ending actually as well when they all come out from, Oh, well, okay. No, sorry. The big ending with the keeping the guy alive is that they realize they're not going to be able to do it. And they're wasting, they're wasting resources too. When you think about right. it, right? Yeah. Like oh. this is like, they only have limited amount of blood and plasma and adrenaline and how they can keep these people alive. And at one point it's like the end of the line is pulses slowly like going down and BJ's like, give me some adrenaline. And Hawkeye's like, no. And like, it's over, BJ. Like, we can't do it. It's like 1130. We, or it's 11. It's like quarter to 12. And we can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and then all... Is it the colonel who does it? The clock does thing? It? No, it's... Isn't it Hawkeye? Yeah, it's still Hawkeye that... Uh, Hawkeye changes the clock. It's just that BJ keeps going for a little while longer. Like, he keeps on trying to, like, revive yeah. him. And, uh... Yeah, yeah so... I think, yeah, I guess it's Hawkeye. Hawkeye walks over and he moves the clock hand. He's like, look, it's 12.05. Like, it's December 26th. That's what we're going to write. And then Margaret's like, oh my god, we're going to falsify a record? And and they all agree to do it. And I'm like, technically, yeah, that's like illegal. But they're all kind of like, yeah, like, let's do it. And they all come out in Colonel Potter. And they're all sick. A, in the background, everybody's singing Silent Nights. Which, like, that alone is eerie, if you ask me. Yeah, I will say that was, like, if you wanted to talk about a scene out of all of these, I gave you a little, like, Ooh, like a little shiver of feeling yeah. that would probably that was probably up there right mm-hmm. and when they all have the last piece of fudge and they all hold it up and then like it stops on an image and you just hear the last verse of silent night as they fade to black like oh that's like good shit mash so is death, uh death indeed did not take a holiday though get it uh-huh. the guy dies <laughs> oh, God. i think i was expecting that i'm it was, kind of, it was up in the air for me a little bit while watching. Did you think he was going to come back? Do you think he was going to survive? No, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't think they would. I think them changing the clock once they did that, that would make a lot more sense to me. But I was like, oh dang, they're going to really just like let this guy die on Christmas after working so hard to save him. And oh they yeah, did it. Like, and I was like, oh damn. 
Mash, um, Mash goes there. Let's just say that there yeah, are, it, other, there are a lot of episodes like this where they're desperate to keep people alive and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, without, I'm not trying not to go to any other spoilers, but yeah. Uh, so anytime from, I, from, from 1972. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I mean, um, I won't get into it. Sorry. What were you saying, Moss? No, no, I was just going to say that like, um, though, like mash is just such a highlight for, for acting. And as you said earlier for dialogue, but like specifically for fantastic actors being able to like keep that dialogue believable. Like who's the, I guess like the Colonel or who's ever in charge when he shows up in a Santa. Yeah. in a Santa hat, I'm like legitimately laughing because he looks goofy with it. But I remember watching other scenes of mash where it's like, wow, what incredible range yet still managing to like maintain a monotone like character. It's just mash is just so good. Just such a, such a bloody good show and unre- unnecessarily good. Like, like it doesn't, yeah, but well, there's a history with it. I'll go into a brief little thing. Um, those who want to watch mash, the first three seasons are not very good. They're all kind of very hokey sitcom. Then in season four though, there was this big change with the staff and Alan Alda, like the guy who plays Hawkeye basically just took over as showrunner. Almost. He directs like half the episodes. Um, and he just kind of turned it into this comedy, but also focusing on how horrible war is and shit. Mm-hmm. And it went through different characters and yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's got a history. It's really good. And the Especially finale the, of MASH is like, yeah, I was just about to say the last episode of MASH is like one of the most, it's one of the greatest pieces of television ever. Yeah. It's a, it's probably the most iconic episode of television history, like period. Anyway. Um, yeah, I guess we're good to move on. To number one, we're almost done this. You guys ready? Yeah. Number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, I guess you guys know, what my number one is through process of elimination. Mm-hmm. Um, I will ask this though. Did you <laughs> see it coming? Did you think this would be my number one? Let's see what it would be up there. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I was thinking, I, I was thinking that it was going to be number two and that number one uh, was going to be night of the meat, but. Oh, wow. No, yeah. I mean, huh, okay, fine. All right. Y'all ready for this shit? My number one, the number one top 10 underrated Christmas episode is the Garfield fucking christmas special it's actually just called the Gar- garfield christmas um i'm paraphrasing there sorry if i'm not back in an hour send a banana cream pie after me this is gonna be a piece of cake never send a man to do a cat's job Christmas trees should be drug out into the street and shot. It's not right, called was... the Garfield fucking Christmas special. Yeah. They missed an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is on them. All right. This was written by Jim Davis. This was directed by Phil Roman. Yeah. Jim Davis, like Charles M. Schultz with Peanuts, Jim Davis handled a lot of the Garfield cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also, I this is not a Christmas episode of an ongoing series. This was just a Christmas special they made. Um, specifically, like, in the, in the same way Mr. Bean was a Christmas special, this was just on its own. And this is the only other one. There's only two of these. Anyway, 
So to give a brief summary uh, to the audience, uh, this is a taste. It's, it was, this was aired in 1987. Um, basically Garfield and John are going to visit John's family for Christmas on the farm. And that's it. That's the plot. And I, that's what I love about it. I, what I love essentially is the simplicity. And over the half hour, you do get a sense of like these pretty distinct characters. Like you already know Garfield, you know, John, you know, Odie, the dog, like that's not, anything new but you get the you get grandma who's like this like root and tootin old woman who's like got a ton of energy um she's probably like aside from garfield she's probably the funniest of all of them yeah uh, there's the doting mom who just wants to kind of like serve everyone food and just loves that everyone's there um there's like this cynical i mean not cynical but kind of like the the straight man uh, monotone dad who's just kind of putting up with it all, but you can tell does enjoy yeah. himself. And then there's um, John's really weird um, younger brother, Doc Boy, who's just called Doc Boy, who's kind of um, the spitting image of his father and kind of a goofball slash cynical, mm. I guess is the right term. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm going to talk about what I liked about this first. Actually, no, I'm going to ask before we get into that. Kyra, where did you place this number-wise? I bet this is in your bottom. It's in my bottom. What is it? What's the number? Only because it kind of creeps me out. I put it at like <laughs> no. You cannot tell me that the the brother and the father don't look like the scene in Master of Disguise when Dana Carvey dresses up like the turtle guy. Oh my god! <laughs> don't stop. Am I not yeah, you're right. enough for the you're turtle com- club? Yeah. yeah. It's when he's got like that, uh, like I don't know. They've all got I don't know. That, that's just yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's, I don't know. It just, it was very cringy. I, okay, what was your number, though? Oh, you What's mean the number? they have the turtle I would beak. give it, like, yeah. Their mouths, they're very weird. Sorry, sorry, but, yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, I'd maybe, like, eight? Fine, I'll take it. It's better than when I did the Tales from the Crypt, and I was, my number one was Brayden's ten. Um, <laughs> no, I'd say, I'd say it's eight. eight. Interchangeable okay. between Futurama seven and this one. Eight. Okay, fine. Um, before we get into what you guys liked, I want to talk about like why this is my number one. A, I will say that there may be some bias because I grew up with the Garfield Christmas special. This is, I saw it on TV. I saw it multiple times growing up. This was like, this has always kind of been a staple of my my Christmas episodes to watch every December. Um, I will say I like the animation. I think it's pretty good. I know what you're talking about with the mouths moving, but that was just kind of the style of Garfield. Like when their mouths open up like that, that's just the same way that like in the Peanuts cartoons, when like their heads go back and they yell stuff, this is how they did it on the Garfield, Mm -hmm. the Garfield level. Um, I love the simplicity in the same way that the Charlie Brown Christmas special is very simple. It's just kids putting on a Christmas pageant. This is literally just, there's nothing convoluted. There's nothing complicated. It is just Garfield and John going to visit, uh, going to visit John's family on the farm. Um, I love the combination of Garfield's general cynicism and sardonicness, if that's a word, uh, towards the Christmas traditions. Um, I like the music. I don't think it's any. There's any fantastic songs that came out of this Christmas special. I think it's the first time I ever heard yodeling in a fucking Christmas special. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know John was like a hick. Like he's a country <laughs> boy. Yeah, right. No, like you don't think of it, but no, you don't. Yeah. I also love, um, maybe this is out of my pure laughing at this, but I love how and John, as an adult, visiting his family for Christmas, instead of build, bringing his children, he's brought his cat and dog, and they're treated as his children, and it's everyone's just cool. I wish I could cool. bring my cat places. Like, oh, me too. I have, a, I have an orange tabby. I should be able to take her oh, Lucky. Um, anyway, 
Uh, I love orange tabbies too. That's part of the reason. Uh, I I love the con- I also love how sentimental this gets, and it's a bit of sadness. It's like remembering like they. Well, it's a very happy Christmas special. I think they balance it almost perfectly in the sense that the grandma has this whole spiel with Garfield where Garfield comes to sit on her lap where everyone else is singing Christmas songs and grandma says, like, this is the time of year when I miss my husband the most. Like, he was happiest at this time of year. Uh, he was a good husband. Like, every now and then in the middle of the night, I can feel his arms around me. Oof, uh, yeah, and like yeah. that, did that make you tear up? Because I tear up every time grandma's talking to Garfield. <laughs> Every I time I, I don't can't know about even tear talking up, about it now. Oh, I tear I mean, it, up. It definitely, up. it definitely was a, a noted for me that it was a sad moment. But then uh, I also like it also made me think of like the Malcolm in the Middle one too, or like vice versa when it's like a like a oh, yeah sassy crabby old lady with like a dead husband. <laughs> That's true. Just, like, Only at least extra in, sad around Christmas. At least and in Garfield, like, oh. she's like a good person. Oh yeah, she's funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that uh, I. But I'm genuinely serious. Like every time I watch that scene where Grandma's sitting with Garfield, looking outside of the snow, and she's talking, like I like even if I like started, I, a I could recite that dialogue line by line, and b like even talking about now, like I start to tear up oh, if I got too much into it. Um, I like, I I like seeing their weird Christmas family traditions, and it's nothing like it's nothing out of the ordinary, but it's like fun. I love. I think it has the best line from any Christmas special ever, and Moss knows what I'm about to say after Garfield there's a scene where they want to they're setting up the Christmas tree and they want Garfield to climb up to the top of the tree and put the star on and he does and he falls off the Christmas tree and his and he looks straight into the camera and he says whoever invented the Christmas tree should be drug out into the street and shot <laughs> it's definitely it definitely gets very real at some points like even during like the little cute little musical number they have when they're on their way you, you get that yeah. like realist dot like realist lyrics coming from Garfield and you're just like, Oh damn. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I, I love that. I love that song too. I like, I think that's like a, like a decent, like catchy tune of like, uh, what the hell? I don't know what the hell it's called. It's like getting ready for Christmas or can't wait for Christmas. I mean, yeah. Like also it's like an animated Christmas special. I'd be appalled if there wasn't like a few musical numbers. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it feels right when um, there's musical numbers. Especially, you know, just being joyous and merry. You know, you got to do a little bit of singing. Yeah. So, Moss, would you place this the same place Kyra placed it or would you put it higher? I think uh, I asked you this again. I think I did. Yeah. Since I've kind of filled up my top five at this point, again, maybe it would still be in my bottom five, but I still really like it. What? Like, I, I remember. Would this be like six for you? Yeah. I think I already said six, but yeah, sure. Why not? We'll do whatever. <laughs> um, Sorry. What were you saying? You remember? I remember growing up with this one as well. Like they would also get played on YTV a lot and um, actually not all that often, but it would be play. It would be played. And um, I remember, yes, that line specific. Cause even as a kid, I was like, Oh my God, Garfield wants to like murder people when he gets pissed off. Like he's, yeah. <laughs> he's like, whoever, whoever decided to put ornaments on a Christmas tree dead, you know, like just, fuck I don't em. care. Kill him. Like now. fuck him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's so funny. And so, um, so yeah, like as you guys kind of already said, that cynicism and it's very distinct with Garfield, but it's there and it really works for and again kind of like what we've been talking about, it works with that that holiday cynicism kind of being won over by a genuine sense of family, a genuine sense of togetherness and uh I guess just genuine like winter wholesomeness that you kind of get. Um so yeah, I I really enjoy this one. It's it's just another like it's another thing I think I watch pretty much every year. Like every I don't know if there's been a single holiday 
I guess maybe early on, I'm, but I've been watching this movie for, or this special like pretty religiously just because it'll be on at some point and I'll be there to watch it. Yeah. Uh, I also remember, I don't know if you came to this event, Kyra, but in York, when I was president of the Film Students Association, we did a, we did a Christmas special marathon where we watched four Christmas specials and this was one of them. Kyra, did you come to that? Yeah. Did we oh, do yeah, Shrek the Halls? That's convincing. Uh, yeah, we did Shrek the Halls. We did we did the four Christmas specials where nice. Charlie Brown Christmas, Garfield Christmas, The Office Christmas episode, and Shrek the Halls. Not in that order. Good, good, good choice. You did, I swear to God, you were there, Kyra. Maybe you weren't, yeah, but I, I probably wasn't. Yeah, I know I wasn't didn't. there. I, I I missed unfortunately. I think both of our the FSA Christmas events that we ran what? while we you were missed? there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, because that was you missed it, Moss. I don't know why something happened. You were out of town or something. Yeah, some stupid. This is, a, this is actually my first time watching this. Really? Huh. So, uh, what is there anything you particularly didn't like about it, Kyra? Aside from the mouth thing, and maybe like the <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, aside from the entire choice of animation, no, it wasn't. Wow. Um, the audacity. No, I mean, I really liked something I did like was like Odie's little side adventure that he has where he's building a Christmas gift for Garfield. Like he builds oh, yeah. a little scratcher, like the self scratcher. Yeah. I thought that was cute because you get Odie just like being a, a dog, like just a little classic people. Yeah, I love that Odie is the only animal in Garfield that can't talk. It's adorable. And I I think one thing that kind of threw me off is I can't even tell if this family even likes each other. Like, do these brothers even like each other? They love See, each other. That's how it or, that's how you think? know that it's a real family though, right? Like it gives you yeah, to me yeah. exactly. It really gives you that impression of like a a realistic family meeting for the holidays where there is like a weird atmosphere sometimes between family members that just you can't really you know nail well yeah and they there. bring it up like they're like hey city slicker like good of you to come <laughs> visit like you could tell yeah. there's that disconnect too that yeah yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good i point. also love that the first thing the grand but going on that city slicker thing the first thing that the grandma asked john to do is like oh the city's making you soft boy like i do 100 sit-ups every morning like go ahead hit me right here punch me right in the stomach <laughs> That's the first she, thing the grandma yeah, says. She is, starts with elbowing him in the chat. <laughs> which I loved. I love the grandma. I also love, um, and this is just me making fun of it a bit, but I love how their farm southern accents kind of flow in and out. Like they're not exactly consistent. Like when they ask Doc Boy to play the piano, the dad's Doc Boy's like, oh, I don't know. And the and the dad's just like, oh boy, after all those piano lessons I paid for, you better play. And <laughs> <laughs> taking place i really want i wish i knew they like what state this was supposed to be or (laughs) it's just like just pronouncing piano as piano (laughs) yeah it's like generic midwestern america state like it's just like yeah just generic especially comes through in the grandma she's like pouring chili powder into the thing like that gravy scene was hilarious Right, oh, it's great. Mumbling to herself, pouring stuff into gravy. It's great. I also love how it's not clear whose child grandma, like which one of the parents, is the child of grandma. Like, is it the mom? Is it the dad? I really don't know. The mom and the grandma kind of have like don't get up, don't particularly get along. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, maybe that could be like a mother daughter thing too. Like looking at like, yeah, because they both just they all just called her grandma, right? Right, yeah. Uh, I love uh, just 
I just, I don't know. I love it. This is like my favorite Christmas special. I love the dialogue. I like the music. Um, I'm trying to think of mm-hmm. anything else particularly. The, the music is also really exceptional. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like it's not, again, it's not like the Vince Guaraldi score from fucking Charlie Brown Christmas special, but, but for it's like, still really good for the, yeah, for a couple catchy tunes in a half hour to apply to this particular episode, they work. Um, yeah, I don't know much else. Is there, did I miss anything with this one? Hmm. Yeah, oh, I like the conclusion to the grandma thing is that grandma talks about her dead husband and Garfield finds a bunch of love letters they wrote in the, in the, I guess the barn or whatever. Right. Yeah. Which I think is very sweet. And then he gives her the letters. He's a good boy. Right. Good Garfield. I also find it, I kind of while watching this, I watched this with my girlfriend, Sonia, and she was like watching and she's like, wait, why don't Garf, why doesn't Garfield's mouth move when he talks? And I remember saying like, oh, it's because like technically Garfield doesn't talk. They're just his thoughts. It's like, like yeah, it's inner dialogue. Because also, if you read the cartoon like comics in the newspaper, it's thought bubbles with him. It's not speech bubbles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then I remember watching it. I'm like, it feels like they can understand him sometimes. They ask him <laughs> questions and shit. And and she hands and I'm like, what? What? What's the rules? Like, can some of them? Can John? It feels like John can understand Garfield because he has a whole conversation with him in the car. Yeah, yeah. There is back and forth, which is definitely. But does confusing. that come from Garfield's responses? Yeah, it does. Because, like... Like, do you know what I mean? Like, does it seem like they're talking because Garfield's responding? Yeah, it could also be vague enough that it's, like... No, 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 no. But there's something John says where, like, John's, like... I forget the line, but John says something, like... Before they start singing, John's, like, oh, like, I can't wait for this about Christmas. And then Garfield makes a sarcastic remark. And then, and, and then John's like, well, almost everybody. I guess maybe that's vague enough that he just sees his cat like not being excited about being in a car. <laughs> so maybe you're right, Kyra. I think I think it's like that. I think we just get that vibe because Garfield responds. Yeah, mm. that's true. Fine, I'll give it. I'll I'll I'll, I'll take it. I'll accept it. Because in the opening <laughs> the scene, like the opening scene, he, Garfield's like literally sitting there ripping on John's family. Like, <laughs> why do I have to go to bed and go visit? Stupid family members on that stupid farm, and you're just like, oh. <laughs> but I love it. I also love Garfield. The opening with Garfield's dream that, oh. like, to get Garfield out of bed, John has given him a trail of lasagnas. Mm-hmm. And I'm Me like, and Garfield have the same dreams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, like literally, John's got these whole things. He's like, here, you can eat your way to the tree, and he puts them all in like line up to the tree, and then he gets to open his presents. It's yeah. It's I know, right? I love oh, I love lasagna too. I forgot that was the whole thing with Garfield and lasagna. Didn't make any sense, but you know, it worked. I mean, um, lasagna is pretty good. Lasagna's pasta delicious. cake. Like it's like oh, pasta, pasta cake. cake. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, it is. It's layers of. Why did you? Why did you say it like that, Mom? <laughs> like it is. It's just layers. All right. Well, I'm tainted lasagna for you guys for a little it's while. It's okay. But. No, I just never... That's like, alright, we'll move on. Pasta cakes, buddy. <laughs> um, that was a, that, it was a solid list, though, Zach. I really enjoyed everything you. that was on it. Like, I... This was a yeah, great... even the play- ones you didn't fucking watch? Alright, well, I'd like, <laughs> I wanted to... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just kidding, buddy. I love you. No, no, I know. I know. What was great was um, even my parents who watched a bunch of the episodes with me they were also like, wow, who who did that? It's like, oh, your friend Zach likes taxi? And they were just like, <laughs> they were so impressed. Uh, but also just Honestly, in general. This is the most Zach list I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah, but like my parents also were big. 
Sorry. No, I was just going to say my parents are also really big fans of Everybody Hates Chris, too. So they were like, Good. whoa, like great. Uh, you know, and that that episode's so great. But yeah, sorry. What were you going to say? Um, nothing. I'm thank you. I'm glad I made a good list. I'm pretty, uh, I'm a Chris as a Jew. I am still a Christmas episode connoisseur. If I don't say so myself <laughs> and I will say so <laughs> myself. Jewish person I've ever met. Oh yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I will, I'm going to give a few shout outs to some honorable mentions. Just one or two. I can only actually think of two off the top of my head. One. And I don't Kyra, I don't think you'd have even watched this if I put it on the list. There's a Christmas episode of tales from the crypt called all through the house. Um, it's kind of, it's like basically a horror Christmas story. I don't mm-hmm. think you'd have enjoyed that though. Would you have Kyra? I would have watched that. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I just, it just didn't make the list. It was just like, I liked it still. That's like an honorable mention. Another honorable mention is the everybody hate, everybody loves Raymond Christmas episode where have you guys watched everybody loves Raymond at all? Basically Raymond uh, gets yeah. everybody an engraved toaster. Um, <laughs> that says like Merry Christmas from the from and then his family's names and everybody loves it except his parents never even opened it and they exchange it for a coffee maker at Macy's <laughs> and he like and they have to go back and get the get the right toaster anyway um, oh my god thanks for coming on the show Kyra my pleasure you want me to talk about Christmas I'm there anytime good I'm glad I think we got some good discussions I think this is a really fun top ten mm-hmm. um, one yeah, thing I want to say. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry? Yeah, it was fun for me to get to see some new ones that I hadn't seen before being a right? special fan. It was nice to get some new material. Yeah, it was good shit. Um, I want to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you're celebrating to everyone who's been listening to our podcast this year. Um, thanks for sticking with us for like what, what little audiences we do have. I'm glad you guys have been listening. Um, I've had a really fun time like making the podcast this year. Have Moss, would you agree? You want to chime in here? Yeah, I mean, um, there were a few longer edits, like I'm sure this one will be. That, oh, yeah. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I, it, it, it really is. No, no, it was great. And uh, yeah, it's, it's you know, for all this, all of 2020's warts, um, as we could call it, <laughs> warts and all, um, it's been, it's still been a good to, to be talking to people and to being able to appreciate um not only film school experiences but just you know just you know good media i guess in general is always just fun to talk about, especially with good friends uh, like kyra who who kind of who always have great kyra, insights. We miss you yeah we I, I i miss you guys i'm i'm happy to get to do this i miss screaming and discussing any type of content we can so it's nice to be able to right? dive into that again yeah and uh one note i want to end on is like this year uh i don't know what everyone's christmas will be like i know there are a number of people listening who probably don't get to go visit don't get to go on vacation don't get to go visit their family this year what with our lovely pandemic still going on um so my advice i mean just to i don't know what you're doing but hopefully you're with something you love and uh if you want some good christmas episodes we just gave you 10 of them so go fucking watch them and fill your Christmas nights with lots of TV and movies. It's like, just fill the void with that. That's my that's my advice to you. That's what we do, and we're all doing fine. Oh yeah, we're fine. None of us oh, yeah. have anything going yeah. on that's bad at all. Yeah. No, it's good. <laughs> we're all perfectly sound beings. Oh yeah, yeah. No, literally nothing to complain about. It's kind of crazy, huh? Like just <laughs> right. Yeah, everything's perfect. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you don't need anything else other than Garfield Christmas specials to. <laughs> <laughs> it's fuel. Um, it's fuel. Yeah. It's fuel. Anyway, thank you again for coming on the episode. Of, coming, on the, coming on the episode. Coming on the show, Kyra. Uh, My pleasure. We'll, we'll have you, you on again. To, to me about it. We, we need we'll to have, have you on again, again though, like for, just to talk about episode. Yeah, yeah, just to talk about because because you're another amazing 
um, voice in terms of just the experiences that you specifically, as well as the the whole group have just kind of like gone through. So that'll be a great episode oh, yeah. in the future. Like, like, yeah, going forward, post-education, definitely. <laughs> post-litigation. It's been, it's been an interesting and it's been nice to kind of dive back into my, my roots. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I will send it here. Happy holidays, everybody. Uh, Happy holidays. Stay safe. Stay yeah. safe. Stay Listen healthy. to your local governments and whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. May your, keep your attitudes positive and your tests negative. I'm, I'm rubbing oh. that off on another podcast. But, uh, <laughs> sorry. I, like, I, my, they say that I'm my favorite murder once. For so. legal purposes, this is a joke. <laughs> yeah. For, just to, to keep this clear. <laughs> but yes. Thank you again. All Happy right. holidays, everyone. Yeah. This only took four hours to record. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Jim. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye, bye. I went to film school. Is recorded in Toronto, Canada, and produced by Zach Gladstone and Anthony Moss. 